All right, Ben. We are recording on the Tuest Tuesday to ever two. Oh man, it is just choosy Tuesday over here. Right. It, it's we are recording on two twenty two twenty two. Um, and I thought I'd bring our old pal Mitch Buttberg in. Oh man, Bit Buttberg, what's he been up to lately, man? Ah, just touring. You know, touring a lot. Uh, my most recent tour is You Can't Cancel the Butster. Oh, the Butster, of course. Yeah, we just, can't keep uh, them down. Out there trying to get canceled so I can make a lot of money. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you know, my cousin or whatever, he had uh, he had jokes. And he had this one, and it was probably relevant. Uh, I want a really easy phone number, like 222-2222. Mitch, how do we get a hold of you? Just press two for a while. All right. <laughs> My kids okay. don't call All me right. anymore. Keep pressing two. Okay. All right. Well, Mitch just—he just, he just left right. crying. Oh, sorry. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's, he's out really already. sad. Yeah, he's sad. He's really sad. I mean, that one wasn't that bad. I've heard worse from the Butster. <laughs> for sure. For sure. At least they're it was all relevant, good because you know? they're Mitch Hedberg jokes. It's just yeah. the Butster doesn't deliver them right. The charisma's just not really there. That's the biggest no, problem. It's man. Not, you gotta have the yeah. charm factor. I'm gonna get on Rogan. Okay, bye, bye, Butster. <laughs> One of these days, man. One of these days. All right, we'll see you later, there, Butster. Ugh, he will be missed. Anyway, hey, what's up? Hey, hello there, dead and lovely listeners. It's the newest installment of Durban Blog here with the host with the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve, the Larblog. The Larblog. And we are here today to be discussing a slumber party massacre dose. But before that, of course, we're going to shoot the shit and hang out and mm-hmm. slam beers and do all kinds of True. stupid stuff. You don't want to miss out on that. But if you do want to miss out on that because you're mm-hmm. allergic to cool, um, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. And you can it just be that way. Think about this. Just think about this real quick. We have had intros to uh, movies that are longer than the movie we're talking about today. It's true. We are uh, <laughs> we are definitely prone to some chin wagon here on this show. It is true. known. Yep. <laughs> it is known. So it does happen. It uh, it may happen. It may happen. That will probably happen with this movie because this uh this movie it's an hour short. seventeen. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, we can do that easy. We can easily beat that. That's the goal now. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, man. Fuck. I don't know if we can do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. I believe in us personally. Yeah. And, dude, I'll tell you what, man. Before we even get down to business, I just got to tell you, man, just live and on the air. This has been on my mind for a while, mm-hmm. and I think this is the perfect time to spring it on you. Okay. Will you be my Tokyo convertible? Um, Let's see. Um, Yeah, I mean, I want to make love it. to you. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Okay. That sounds right. So I just it's love a done deal? going through the motion. <laughs> That is the only song on this entire uh, soundtrack that I think isn't a banger. Yeah, this it's not really a masher, that one. one of the no. best music movies we've done in a while. It truly is. That mm-hmm. is a fucking fact right there. Tokyo Convertible. Mm. Nah, yeah. Because the Less lyrics so. don't make sense, and they seem to be pretty prevalent. Like, other, yeah. other songs have a whole lot of music and stuff going on. That one's like listen to these lyrics we really worked on this it's all about the message man it's all about the message with that one yeah 
Well, that's good to know. We are recording this episode long distance because I am currently um, old snotty Ben, dude. I have one of those fucking vintage retro old school colds. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which we forgot existed, I guess. And dude, I know, man. This is one they of those could deals be gone. where I, this we is a just... cold like I haven't had in years because I literally yeah. haven't had a cold in years. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, that. Just hearing that you had one, I was like, that still happens? It's still How? a thing. I know, right? We didn't get rid of that? I don't know. Well, Fucking lame, man. Was it I, fun, uh, though? Yeah, you know, no. Pretty cool one. <laughs> no, honestly, no? not great. Oh, okay. Like, it, uh, it just kind of started, it was probably like last Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. I started getting like some sinus uh-huh. pressure, which I was just contributing to the crazy weather. You were going through the same thing last week, yeah. too. Yeah, my, my stuff leveled out, um, you know, probably the next day. I was just fine. But then our, our weather got warm again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. And yep. it's going to get cold again. This again. is normal and, and very good, in fact. Totally, right? totally normal, yeah. man. Completely so. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not been that bad. I just had a, an old head full of boogers, I guess, more than anything. Boogers. Just boogers all up in my noggin and stuff. Yep. So, But, you know, it could be a whole lot worse, you know. I've been treating sure. it with, um, I've been washing down at least a couple packs of them them yellow jacket pills from the, the Bilo <laughs> gas from station the yeah. down at the end of Lakeshore Drive in Talbot, Tennessee. I've been taking uh-huh. the yellow jackets. They've been yellow jackets. Pretty amped up, I'll tell you. I bet, yeah. Yeah. You ever, uh, you ever crystallize Mountain Dew, snort that shit? Oh, just fat rails. Just fucking <laughs> fat rails of the dew, man. Do the dew, as they say, you know? <laughs> that's, that's how you make meth. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, you just crystallize Mountain Dew. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's yeah, the they method. did all that stuff in Breaking Bad to make it seem complicated. Oh, they changed the color. That way people wouldn't try it. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> meth is green. Everybody knows that. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what. Speaking of having like this old school vintage ass virus that is yeah. just so retro, I'll <laughs> tell you another thing that happened this week that was kind of cracking me up. I was talking to a buddy of mine uh-huh. who is, uh, he's in his 30s and stuff like us, and uh, he said he found himself hanging out with some, some 20-year-olds a couple weeks ago. Okay. And uh, they was doing some dabs. They were dabbing, you know, oh, dabbing, that'll, that'll dabbing marijuana, you. you know? Yeah. If you're an old fart who, who doesn't uh, huff down a lot of weed, that'll wreck you. Oh, my God, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. so my buddy was just like, oh, man. He's like, this is pretty intense shit. He's like, usually I just, you know, smoke weed. And these 20-year-olds were like, like flour? And he was like, yeah. what? Flour, and he's like, yeah. uh, like weed? Yeah, flower. Dude, that's so retro. <laughs> it Smoking is. weed is now outdated? Uh yeah. Well, I what? mean uh it's it, it is probably the least effective and most uh, health detrimental. But way. you look so cool, it's fine. Oh, right. Uh Ugh, no smoking doesn't <laughs> look cool it doesn't at all um yeah i mean i i get it um dabs they're they're pretty fucking hardcore too it's not like you can get a little high uh-uh no no and that's what you i want to wrecked. be yeah. yeah yeah i used to have a, a vape that had a cartridge for flour 
and uh, that was cool. Okay, but right. um, those are those are not cheap, and mine broke, and I was mad about it. Anyway, but then you can look what like you're saying young, is the person. kids are too cool. Yeah, the kids are just too fucking cool, man. They've gotten too cool for just smoking dope like a like a common person. Come on, young <laughs> people don't know nothing about nothing. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> old I'm, people. I was gonna say I'm I'm watching the slow slide of Ben into old age, but it was it was pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> it was like oh, yeah. a switch. It was it just flipped. You're just like I'm old Definitely. now. Damn it. Yep, yep. That's right, man. That's right. <laughs> so while I've been yeah. over here just uh fucking fucking sneezing and and coughing and so on, how you been yep. doing? Oh man, working out. Uh, really fucking working on my 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 program, trying to figure out the most effective way. Because um, I can I can do 425 now on the deadlift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a lot. But, but only one time. I'm trying to beat. This is this is a long-standing grudge match it's between beef, yeah. me and old Conjuring himself, Patrick Hoosiewatsy. The Conjurer. I pretend like I don't know his name to you know, because then I'm big timing him. You see, exactly. Uh, even though he's the one I'm trying to beat. Uh, he he posted that uh, thing on Instagram and like. Last summer, probably, and it kind of he did he did four twenty five on the deadlift five times, and it kind of like uh, got me motivated to be like, okay, that's a goal, I'll do that. Um, and I got there, I can do four twenty five. Um, I cannot do it five times, and it is a goddamn um, it's a lot of weight. It's a whole lot of okay. weight. Okay, here's the thing though. Let's get into semantics. Did he specifically say, I did it five times in a row? Or is this like five <laughs> times over the course of fucking ten years? He that didn't be, specify. That would be fun if that's what it was. Yeah, so like, how many times have you done that weight? You might have already beat him already in the game of semantics. <laughs> okay? It's like, oh, I don't want to get into that. I was going to say that's like CrossFitters. Like some, you, know, you know the CrossFit pull-ups? No, they're probably you really harmful them? to your body, though. Oh, absolutely. They they look like you're trying to fu- like fuck a coconut, or I don't, I don't know. It's, it's insane. <laughs> the point but of CrossFit like, is to like destroy all your joints as fast as you can, right? Well, it's just like a technical. You've technically done the pull up, but you haven't done the fucking pull up. That's not how you do a pull up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, I'll get there. Uh, Dude, could I give you a recommendation if you want to get some fucking maximum amped gains going on? Because <laughs> Yeah, let's hear it. My soundtrack lately here that I just cannot fucking get enough of whenever I just uh-huh. want to get amped as hell. Dude, you need to get on that fucking record that came out uh, 22 years ago, The Shape of Punk to Come by Refused. Have you listened to that album? I haven't. God damn it, dude. You would love it. You would fucking okay. love this album. It came out, yeah, late 90s. Refused is a, uh, a band from Umea, Sweden. And it's, I think it's right up your alley. Like, there's enough, okay. like, chaotic Dillinger DNA, but at yeah, the same time, it's it's not hyper-technical. Um, and it's got a, a way more, like, raw punk kind of thing going on. It's very political. Fuck, man. I cannot get enough of that record lately. Like, I am addicted to it. I've been listening to it, seriously, like, every day. So fucking good, man. Give that a spin. Yeah, I got to get on that. I actually don't... This is going to sound crazy. I don't listen to music when I work out. I only listen to podcasts. And you're a cop. I listen to podcasts. 
Here's the mm. thing. Here's the thing. And th- this is maybe me excusing the fact that I'm a cop. Or <laughs> <laughs> Show me that badge, son. Okay, so I have listened to music to, to work out before. And I think it's very beneficial for cardio, for keeping like a steady you know, rhythm and stuff. But when when you're deadlifting, when you're squatting, when you're doing lifts, you need to be thinking about the motion. You need to be thinking about your muscles being in, in the correct, you know, positioning and stuff. Like, I don't need it, something in my, my ears screaming, fucking lift! Like, <laughs> that's... I mean, you could, though. <laughs> it's true. I could have that going on. Exactly. Uh, I would. I much prefer. I listen to Jack of All Graves in in the the gym. I mean, Jack of All Graves, more like Jacked of All Graves. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> yes, you are. Lifting. I really. I I want Corey and Mark to just start like doing steroids and get jacked as fuck and change fuck it to yeah. Jacked of All Graves. I love it. Until weightlifting horror stories. <laughs> Ooh, very scary. I like that. One time, bro, I was trying to curl 125. Let me tell you, I didn't make it. I got it halfway <laughs> up. <Ooh>. The horror. <laughs> I like it. I like it, man. All right, so you've been uh, you've been uh, tossing around some of the steel over there in the Iron Church. I like it. I yep. like it. Yep. <laughs> Why do they keep steel in the Iron Church? Oh, you know, they made okay. the church out of iron. Yeah. Yeah, it's progression. To put the steel in. Gotcha. Yeah, I've been doing that. Uh, what what else I've been getting at? Oh, uh, Jack of All Graves Book Club uh, was was just this Saturday, our last Saturday. Uh oh, nerd alert! Merp, merp, merp. Nerd alert! Yeah, huh? uh-huh. yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. I would say that is accurate. It's <laughs> a bunch readers. of nerds. It's fun. What are you? I, what are you? I, bunch I, of geeks reading on? Any? What you trying uh, to read for anyway? Huh? <laughs> um. I well, I listened to it as an audio book. While I was playing baseball on Xbox, so that's I was like canceling out the nerd. Right, I'd be so happy if the name of the Xbox game was literally just baseball. That would make me so happy. <laughs> it's not. I'm sorry. I'm playing baseball on Xbox. And yeah. it's just that simple. I would love. Yeah, that. yeah. NES had baseball, right? It was just baseball. Yep. 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 It um, is what it is. But yeah, we re- we read uh, Mexican Gothic, and it was fun. Uh, a fungal horror type of thing, which is something say, is I it, enjoy. Uh, is it fungible? <laughs> is it a fungible <laughs> horror? Yes, it's fungible. It's fungible horror. <laughs> <laughs> Put the fun in fungible, huh? Yeah. I like it. Uh, and then we tried to come up with a good name for fungal horror, aside from fungal horror, which is a good name. And uh, Brianne suggested Sporer which is genius Spore, that's good that I is like absolutely that. genius so from now on the girl with all the gifts sporer yeah it's a sporer movie yeah perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway perfect. We, yeah uh fungal horror though i'm i'm way into that like yeah because it's gross it grosses me out a lot like the idea of like fungal spores being able to infect people or like turn you into a mutant or like grow in Ooh. you or whatever like that's just bleh. Or like being delicious on on a pizza or with a oh, pasta yeah. noodle. Also that, oh, yeah. Or like making you trip balls. Fuck Whoa. yeah. Yeah. Mushrooms do a lot of stuff, huh? They're yeah. really cool, man. I'm a big fan, and um, the area I live in, we get a ton. Like in our yard and the the uh, 
park I go hiking in, the state park nearby, like we just get so many different types. Like in that state park, there are some that are like neon orange that are just like fucking bright as hell. They're probably that color because they're screaming, definitely eat me. Yep. <laughs> that's it. They're, they're like, the bright color to yep. get your attention. That way <laughs> you'll surely eat them. Or that's the way of the mountain saying, go Vols. <laughs> I believe Nature's orange. always telling us something, man. They're uh-huh. always telling us something. I like it. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, what, uh, blah, 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 blah. what have you been up to? Dude, I have been doing some stuff. Well, I haven't I haven't been doing some stuff. My wife has been doing this thing where she's figured out like, "Hey, we have insurance. We should be like responsible grown-ups and use it oh, yeah. and make uh-huh. sure that our bodies are working right." Yeah, I've been doing this uh, for for about uh, a decade now since my wife uh blessed me with insurance. Uh, I think yeah, I didn't grow the, up with. The doctor's permission for sure. Yeah. Dude, uh <laughs> Yeah, like we haven't really had, you know, insurance of any kind for yeah. 15 something years. Right. So, uh we've had insurance for a few years now with Kate's job and we just haven't used it because you just so get in that pattern where you're like, why would I go to the doctor? I'm not sick, you know? Mm-hmm. Why would I go to the dentist? I have teeth. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's ex- yeah, you, when you grow up without insurance, it's like that's an expense you just can't afford. You just don't do it. Yeah, you just don't yeah. do it, man. So we've not been to a a dentist in probably like fifteen years. Ooh, buddy. So yeah, so Kate scheduled us dentist appointments for last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got like vision appointments this week, and then we've also got like our first just like regular old physicals uh, the week after that. I think so. You're gonna have like a long stream of um ancient ben being like my body doesn't work good anymore the doctors say (laughs) i really (laughs) hope you get some fucking peepaw glasses man i think i'm definitely gonna need some glasses yeah for sure the last optical appointment i had was yeah probably eight years or so ago and they were like "Mm, you're you're developing an astigmatism you could probably use some readers Mm -hmm. i know that my vision dude you gotta keep them on the end of your nose that's where they gotta stay right Uh uh-huh fuck yeah man (laughs) yeah So went to the dentist last week, and dude, like, I I wish that I could pretend that I was like Mister Brave Boy. I was so fucking nervous, man. Oh, really? I uh, yeah, I have like Denti- the, not a dentist, the, man. Uh, no, no, and okay. it's like the thing about it is, is when I was a kid, totally no big deal, and I used yeah. to go regularly and didn't think anything of it. It's when mm-hmm. you don't do it for like fifteen years, you start yeah. thinking, I have a fear of this. When really, it's just been a long time since you did it. Um, I will tell you this, though. Man, a little bit of adrenaline's a hell of a drug. I was out some the night before and uh, got pretty fucking wasted, and I woke up the morning of the dentist appointment with a pretty shitty hangover, and I was like, oh, great, I'm fucking hungover, and I have to go to the dentist. <laughs> By the time I was done with it, no hangover, dude. Oh, wow. Okay. So the yeah. cure for a hangover is to have a dentist appointment yeah, and to be afraid to of it. Yeah, go to the dentist. Pretty much. <laughs> Fuck. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, but I will say, you know, they were pretty impressed with my tooth taken care of skills, considering yeah. I haven't been to the dentist in that long. They're like, oh, actually, pretty impressive. But I, I do have a couple of cavities I have to get taken care Ooh, of, some minor yuck. cavities, and possibly a crown on one tooth, which okay. I think just means it's like the king tooth, right? That's yep. like cool. Yeah, yeah. they picked a tooth and they were like, this is royalty. They looked at that one and they said... You should see it in a crown. Oh fuck! Base drop. Do you think you think it needs a crown because it jumped one of the other teeth? 
Yes, that like is checkers. exactly what happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. Oh, boy. And then uh, I get my queen back. I go and get the crown. Yeah. And I get, it's like, who is this woman? What? Jesus, what? I don't um, know. It's really I've never, never had a cavity or a crown or any tooth thing, really. I've had to have teeth pulled, and I had to have my wisdom teeth taken out. But I have all of my adult teeth in full working order. So I think that's why I've never been afraid to go to the dentist. Because my wife has had cavities and she does not like going. Yeah, I'm not very excited about it. You know, it's like I I haven't had a cavity since I was like a child. Like I've never had a cavity in my adult teeth ever. Yeah. Um, I remember, you know, getting fillings when I was a kid and it wasn't a big deal. So hopefully this isn't a big thing. I, I definitely have to get these wisdom teeth out. I mean, that's no, you know big piece of news for me i'm fucking nervous man i mean uh when i i remember when i got it i told them i was um uh, i didn't like needles because they get, have to give you an I, iv and they were like no problem here's some gas so uh i Huffing suggest that, that. <laughs> yeah i suggest that be like hey uh i'm pretty anxious they'll give you the gas then they'll give you the needle i don't remember a thing about it except apparently i was uh hitting on the nurse the whole time um, oh, look out. Yeah, my mom told me that. Um, now, when they it, give you the gas, was it some like high-test racing fuel in the bottom of a paper bag? Yeah, that's how they do it. Huffing that gas. Yeah, yep. They just had an old Mountain Dew bottle hung up for the IV, too. Now, I'm definitely getting knocked out for mine because like my bottom ones are in fucking like sideways, so they have to yeah, cut that's how them mine out. Works. There is no pulling them, so... I am yeah. going under, which is fine by me. I've never been put under for anything, though. So that's also oh, really? one of those deals where I'm like, I've never had anesthesia, so I don't mm. know how I react to that You've at all. You've never experienced blissful nothingness. Right? I have a feeling it's probably going to get pretty good to me. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing. That's it. <laughs> like that's Sick. Uh, it's, uh, it's weird. You wake up and you're like, oh, I was nobody for a little bit. Send that's... me into the void, please. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I you, Maybe you could hang out with like, you know an elder god of some sort oh that would be fun oh yeah that's what you hear anytime you read a book about an elder god it's like what fun it was <laughs> we could hang for sure man well, the Riley, thing is, is like a real place to party Ooh, i really buddy. have become very tired of euclidean geometry yeah and it's uh it's normalness all around me can so. i get a non-euclidean jack and coke <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that does sound like something that you would order at some kind of molecular gastronomy oh, absolutely. fancy ass bar. It'd come out in like a test tube with like <laughs> and, a bubble on top of it. And they'd have it. to put the tube up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you do it. Fancy butt chugging. <laughs> what, you drink Jack and Coke out of a glass? How retro. Go oh, smoke my- some flower, geezer. <laughs> Jeez, they're rough on me at this fucking bar. They no are, tip. man. They are. I mean, you wore your peepaw glasses in. Get yourself yeah. some suspenders and a sweater. God damn it, man. I'm going to have to. Just go all in. Just cash all my fucking chips in. You that know? would be so cool. Yeah, so I'm not very excited about that. I, it was a lot easier when I didn't have insurance, and I was just like, schedule my wisdom teeth being taken out. I literally can't. Yeah. But now that we can. have like insurance yeah. it's kind of like i don't really have an excuse not to so i just yeah. have to like choose the date of my of my destruction and i'm really Man, uncomfortable if, about it it feels better i guarantee you you're probably not noticing how much your your impaction is is, is hurting oh the Lord, moment yeah. you get them out it, you, your teeth have room to breathe 
Well, what I'm hoping for too, and like the the way I'm having to frame it in my mind is, um, it's the first step I can take towards getting like my teeth straightened. I've had like yeah. a lifelong insecurity about how crooked my teeth are and shit. So okay. I'm just like, that's step one because I can't get my teeth straightened if I still have my wisdom teeth. So right, yeah, that's the first step in the right direction. I just have to keep telling myself that and not freak out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So there, you went to the dentist, and uh, you're going to go to the doctor and get that cholesterol and stuff checked. Oh, my God, man. It's like an adult or something. It's it's crazy. What if they put you on some sort of blood pressure medicine? What if they put me on boner pills? They're like, you need to have pop (laughs) boners more. I'm like, all right, I guess. I wish I would love if that happened. You go in, they're like, how many boners you get in a day? You're like, yeah, two or three. They're like... Not Can enough. I up those numbers. <laughs> those are rookie numbers. <laughs> Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> your uh, your vitals are back. It shows that your boner count is low. <laughs> Got to put you on these boner pills, sir. <laughs> Keep you from peeing on your shoes. <laughs> we noticed you came in with soggy shoes, sir. This should help. Take half of one every day. Jeez! <laughs> oh, oh man what a doctor's visit that would be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one for the books right there yeah but oh, you know in between all my my dentist fretting and nose blowing i have watched myself a couple two tree of movies i'm oh. gonna tell you about them tell me about we them. watched an airheads an airheads that's that movie about that candy right yeah it's about chewy taffy that is <laughs> pretty what's okay. this mystery flavor i know white it's yeah. pretty good i don't know what it's it is but it is the that, best one it's the stuff at the end of the extruder oh it's with, the stuff yeah like yeah. well like a bunch of the flavors will get kind of caught at the end and they just push the rest of that out? through and don't put a Are color you on it yeah it's usually That's how all mystery flavors work in candy yeah like the dum-dums are the same way yep uh-huh well no wonder it's so goddamn mysterious yeah, because you're like, what is this? And it's like, it could be anything. Who knows? <laughs> huh. I wonder if that means that the Scooby-Doo mystery machine was just like all the leftover van parts. Yeah, it was the last van they had. They just pushed it through. Makes the sense, The van man. extruder. <laughs> yeah, Airheads is a, is a good old movie, man. That is yeah, still yeah, a funny. very fucking fun one. I'll tell you what, man. You put like a goatee and some long hair on a Steve Buscemi, suddenly, very He's bangable. Kidding. Yeah. What? Well, uh, I mean, you know, long hair does a lot for a fella. I, I know. Think. Yeah. I know. I know it that is. it does. Hey. Yeah, um, that's definitely a fun movie. And But you know what? More importantly, it did solve a little bit of a like Mandela effect paradox crisis thing that I've had for so fucking long. Okay. Okay. So, and this has been like a debate among so many friends and I uh, for years and years and years. We've all had this conversation. Where some of us remember the scene in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, where he goes to the metal show, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. What, what band is playing? Cannibal Corpse. Okay, Cannibal Corpse is playing. Many, many, many people remember seeing a version of the movie where White Zombie was playing. New. No. That's in Airheads. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't remember that, but uh, okay, yeah, cool. Myth Busted. Myth Busted. Thanks, uh, uh, Tori and um, and Carrie. Yeah. We also watched a Matrix Revolutions. Holy shit, I finally did it. I think it took me starting this movie 
seriously no less than like five or six times before I actually just turned it on and watched it start to finish. So how'd it go? Um, it's it's a lot better than the newest one. Okay. I'll say that. All so right. like last time we talked, I was telling you about how like in Matrix Reloaded, everything you thought happened in the third movie actually happens in Matrix Reloaded. And right. we were like, what the fuck happened in Matrix right. Revolutions? Why yeah. don't I remember it? So what the fuck happened? <laughs> um, it's, it's because it's mainly just a whole bunch of like people shooting at squid robots. And yeah. Neo and Trinity aren't in like two thirds of the movie. It's just like supporting cast. Aren't they on like a train or something? About. Yeah, they're doing all kind of things. You know, they're doing a little huh. bit of this, a little bit of that. They're on an Uber at some point. At, at some point in there, they've got a sock and bopper that they're playing <laughs> with. I'm like, what's the relevance here? <laughs> they get on a Razor scooter and do like a sweet move at some point. Oh, that's uh, cool. It's just a lot of time killing, honestly. Yeah, the uh, the third one is honestly just a whole bunch of like just bullshit stuff blowing up. And then uh. a big rainy fight scene with um, Agent Smith and Neo. That's about it. Do they kiss? They smooch at the end, and then they 69 Finally. in the air. They're just soaking wet. Just, yeah, a bro- just a little bit. Like Some a, bro- light a brosty nine. Yeah, totally. It's tasteful. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a tasteful 69. Bro, I like your dick. I yeah. like your dick, too, bro. Check mine out. Oh, 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 let's appreciate each other's penises. Oh, oh, oh. Go, oh, oh, oh. Throat, Let's go. make Missy Elliott noises. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that wasn't Missy. It was, uh, what's her name? Fuck, uh, was that Lil' Kim? Lil' Kim, yeah. Let's make Lil' Kim noise. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But yeah, and then, you know what? They did fun. the Missy Elliott, and they flipped it and reversed it, and that's how they started 69 <laughs> Bro, let me grab you by the waist. <laughs> it's burr flicking. Whatever. <laughs> That's what that's what it sounded like because yeah. uh, they both had mouthfuls of each other's dongs. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to say it's really a very nice dong you have, but it just came out all <laughs> all garbled. Bro, I <laughs> right? like your dong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty sure that's what it's about. Yeah, it's not very good. It's not a very good movie, man. Um, but again, it is better than the new one. Holy shit, the new one's so fucking bad, man. Okay. I watched The Brain from 1988. Yeah. Pinky yeah. optional, just The Brain is all that I went for. We've, we've done it on the uh, screaming chat. In fact, I think we may have done it twice. Not that sure. That seems like one that you guys would definitely do on that for sure, because it's just like a stupid piece of shit movie, and yeah. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, the monster's cool, right? The effects are cool. The monster's fucking cool, man. Yeah. Uh, Canadian yeah. stupid ass movie. Yeah, real stupid. But uh, I mean, you know, the the bits with the monster and stuff are cool. Yeah, totally, man. Mm-hmm. Fun movie. Watched the Brady Bunch movie from back in the nineteen and nineties. I haven't seen that in a long time, and I saw it a lot back in the nineties. I saw Dude, it in theaters. I'm telling you, it is like fucking funnier than you remember it being. I it bet is because the jokes are probably more adult than than i thought because they were aimed at the people who watched brady bunch yeah totally yeah and also too like i had forgotten that jan brady has that like goddamn like golem personality where she has like voices in her head and shit yeah yeah it's so funny man like really <laughs> legit it holds up and the casting could not be more perfect the i know it was great hilarious. i remember that because i did watch the brady bunch reruns sometime they would come on me too um and I remember it, it just being like any, like, you know, you watch Happy Days or whatever, like, those shows really weren't that good. <laughs> like, they weren't very funny, 
but it was just on and there yeah. wasn't a lot of choice. So it was like, you watch it and you're like, okay, I know these things. And then when the movie came out, it was like, oh, okay, I get the reference. I get what they're making fun of. But yeah, I, I just assumed that the, th- the humor probably flew over my head a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely worth watching, man. I'll, I'll check that one out. And then also, based on uh, your recommendation, dude, we watched Nobody the other okay. day. How'd you feel about it? It was fucking great. I thought yeah. that it was a really cool movie, man. Like, okay, I will, I will say that there is part of me that feels like like docking it a little bit of points because it is it is essentially like two-thirds a history of violence, one-third <laughs> Keanu, like yep. the, the yeah. Yeah, Jordan Peele movie, Keanu. Yeah, yeah. With like a dash of John Wick in there, so I feel like I should like hold that against it, but I really can't because it was just a really fucking cool, fun movie, man. I really yeah, enjoyed it was. It a lot. Um, so, uh, Bob Odenkirk, who you know, uh, not long ago had a heart attack and is is doing better and, and whatnot. Oh, I and didn't know that. Yeah, he had a heart attack filming on the set of uh, Better Call Saul the last season. Oh shit, poor guy. Uh, well, the thing is, I mean, uh, I, I Better I don't Call know what Saul happened. an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there because he's in he's in amazing shape. Uh, he was on uh, Comedy Bang Bang talking about like how the movie came about, and basically um, he had like he he has a, a a good audience overseas from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, uh, and the, the overseas like uh, especially in like China and stuff, action movies are the thing. So he was like, I should make an action movie. And so he like got into super duper fucking shape to make this action movie. And the fact that like it is obviously like clearly like taken about history of violence, like yeah, as you said, the uh, uh, fucking John Wick, Keanu, all those that that doesn't even matter because it like just hits all the right action beats that you're just yeah. like, I don't care. It's fun. And yeah, RZA shows up at the end, and it's like, and what? RZA's this is there. fucking awesome. And uh, yeah, the movie also, just got upgraded. Yeah, yeah. What? What's his name? Uh, Doc Brown. Fuck. Yeah. Then ah. Christopher Lloyd in there. Christopher man. Lloyd's in there. Yeah, being a badass. It, it's cool. I enjoyed it a lot, man. It was a fun yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it too. You mind if I have some fun and crack myself open a co beer over here? I need something to parch my thirst while I hear about what you've been watching on this week, and I've got myself. A Wicked Weed oh. Brewing Company. This is part of their Guilty Pleasures series. It's a barrel-aged Guilty Pleasure Espresso Cheesecake Stout, Steve. What? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that sounds awesome. Espresso I've had, I've had a couple cheesecake. of these before because they do like, like, basically they're all kind of lines of just like totally um, just fatty sweet stuff things. Like there's uh-huh. like a German chocolate cake one. Oh. Um, there's just a regular cheesecake one. They make all kinds, like a double fudge cake one. They're all like dessert based and stuff. So I might not even drink this whole thing because they usually are pretty sweet. I it bet. is also a very light 12.2%. <laughs> Now, I would expect a, like, espresso stout, obviously, is going to have notes of espresso, coffee, flavor. Uh, but with cheesecake, like, there's a there's a slight acidity, a tinge to it. That's what makes cheesecake cheesecake. Some of that tang, right? And, yeah, that seems like it would clash with a stout. 
dude it it somehow is doing it it has that bizarre Uh willy wonka uh like character to it where you just get these like waves of different flavors that's awesome. like it's super 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 fucking dark and initially whenever you sip on it you get some of that like uh the roasty nutty coffee flavor mixed Mm -hmm. with just you know the flavor of a stout but then you do get a little bit of that cheesecakey kind of tang and then that Mm. gives away to like a nice coffee aftertaste it's fucking awesome you really like this a lot you know uh yeah it sounds like it would uh i had not long ago a moon pie stout i can't remember Mm. who makes it i've got Um, one in the fridge right now is it any good well if you like moon pies and i do um i don't particularly it tastes exactly like a moon pie now here's the thing i know some people don't like moon pies because they're dry or they don't really like the texture is it You're a really dry beer? That. Is it crumbly and, and That's what uh, I was going to say. It doesn't have any of that character. All you're getting is the flavor. So you get the chocolateiness, the vanilla, and it has that sort of like vanilla cakey uh, taste to it. It's real hmm. good. I, I really enjoyed it. All right. I couldn't have All a right. lot, though, just like you said. Uh, that The uh, espresso cheesecake, super sweet. This was super sweet, like super duper. This is less sweet than some of the other ones I've had in this series that they make. Mm-hmm. It is still pretty sweet. I don't know if I'll drink the entire thing. I also had like um, a pretty substantial like three-shot margarita with dinner before we started recording. <laughs> so I'm good. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I've had a bunch of coffee, so I'll try to balance that out. Been drinking on the coffee. All right, yeah. you're on those uppers, huh? Yeah. So uh, I've been watching some stuff. And let me tell you, been watching some fun stuff. Watched a little movie called Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Say what? Yeah, it's a pre-studio Ghibli movie. Same same team, though. Man, uh, the story is very much like a myth. It's got like that sort of uh, mythical, uh, like quasi-religious feel to it. Okay, all right. Um, so it's got the apostles in there. No, but it, I mean, not to ruin anything, but it does have a Christ-like figure, a very clear Christ-like figure. But um, the the artist... So it's like the Matrix. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, what I would say is that the Nausicaa is, she's a badass, but she's also like all good. Like she is 100% good and that can get annoying. But the art and the world that they drew is fucking amazing. I, I, I would call it, uh, it, it's not sporer, because it's not horror, but it, it, the, the fungal element is there. They have these gigantic bugs with all sorts of eyes. Man, it is, it's like gross and gorgeous at the same time. So I if really it is, enjoy- uh- if it is like fungal, but also a fantasy, might we call it a fungancity? Yeah, we could call it a fungancity, and everybody would know what we were talking about. Exactly right. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that was gorgeous. Um, I Does also... a kid get a job in it? Well, here's the thing. She's a princess, and she pretty much does literally everything. So, yes. <laughs> Continuing the Miyazaki tradition, yeah, of kids getting jobs. All right, making get sure. a job, kid, <laughs> asshole, asshole. Yeah. Um, I also watched the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
on I'm wanting on to hear about this. Dude, like, I, I have not watched it yet, but it seems like over and over, all that I'm seeing from people is people being like, it was okay, and then people being like, it was fucking dog shit. I've not seen anybody really? be like, it was good, yeah. I don't know what corners of the internet you scour, sir. However, Ooh. I've seen far too many people saying that it's the greatest. Um, the greatest? The actual greatest? Uh, I saw I, I saw some takes that it's the the best since the original. Um, and I would... Uh, I disagree with that. I mean, TCM2 is bad. just bonkers fun, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's the thing. The Leatherface parts are fucking excellent. All the Leatherface parts, great, until the end. Um, all the other stuff, I can't parse out what the fuck they're getting at. Um, but it's very clear they have uh, a liberal stereotype, which is all the kids that get killed. Uh, and then they have a conservative stereotype which is this good guy with a gun who I don't want to give too much away, but there's a school shooting survivor in this whose arc is basically coming to use guns. You know, Uh, basically like every hot button issue they could pick from Twitter, they did. And then they, they took the format of Halloween 2018 and then they smashed that together. And then some genius did all the Leatherface parts. Okay, so that explains, too, that scene in the movie where that one uh, boomer character got really outraged because you had Leatherface wearing the the mom face with the makeup on it going into the wrong bathroom. That explains See, all right, here's the thing. I have to rewatch <laughs> this movie because I've been thinking over and over about it, and I'm like, I can't get what the discernible message they were trying to make was, but there okay. is one for sure. Somewhere in there. Yeah, and it's... I mean, listen, the liberals that they kill, they suck. They are the worst. They are exactly what everything to hate about liberals 100 percent. the idea that the these kids are coming in and buying up all this property to turn a profit but they're doing it in the name of something they think is positive it's just like 100 percent. they're shit they're shitty kids mm-hmm. um but it's it's hard to parse what they're trying to say with all this shit like i just couldn't get it but the thing is i didn't I don't want to get it. Think about this. The original TCM, it is a culture clash. It is hippie kids running into uh, the cannibal redneck family in the middle of nowhere. Right. It's a culture clash. At any point, does one of the hippies go, hey, man, peace and love before getting killed? No. No. Why? Because it's more realistic and it really pulls out the fear when all you're seeing is relatable characters that fit a certain type kind of but doing things you would do ending up in a scenario you just hope you don't end up in this is Hmm. this is not that 
but it's better than all the other TCM shit that's come out after probably two, honestly. I mean, Generations yeah. is worth a, a, a discussion for sure because it's so weird. Um, and three has its moments. And then, like, all the others, I'm just like, uh, they all blend together to me. I just don't, like, this one didn't, won't blend in with the others, I'll say, for sure. Like, it had okay. discernible, really good moments. Some really good shots in there, too. Like, it's, it is worth a watch. I don't, I don't know what they're fucking getting at with the character types and shit. And I really wish they'd just made it kids making dumb decisions or whatever. You know, like, just people making not even dumb decisions people making decisions and that ending up bad for them unfortunately like that's yeah. that's horror but all i all i've seen is a whole bunch of people being like oh i liked it when they got killed or what it's just like <laughs> man is great is this rob zombie reviewing it yeah. no <laughs> i you you saw the did you see the trailer yeah so you saw the part where he was like, you're going to get canceled, bro. Yeah, it didn't look good. That's the dumbest shit, right? Um, yeah. It, there's, there's a lot of that where it's like indiscernible. Like, what are you getting at? But then I see people commenting on it and they're like, no, that's what it's like today. That's how things are today. <laughs> people are out like, there trying to cancel Leatherface these days. It's ridiculous. Right, exactly. And it's like, okay, so I don't know what the intended message was, but the perceived message people are getting is this is a... Uh, fuck liberals conservative horror movie some of the people mm, so okay it seems to be aimed at maybe a conservative audience maybe i'm just saying i, I don't know exactly it. what they were going for yeah sounds confusing for sure it sounds like a muddy garbled sort of message right and this shouldn't be a message in a texas chainsaw massacre movie whether it's good or bad there shouldn't be one like mm -hmm. just keep them the fuck out of Texas. Like, I mean, there are messages in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. There's stuff going on there politically and whatnot. But again, it's not, it's not overt like this. It's not just like, oh, obvious exactly what they're trying to, like, point out here. There's just so much shit. There's even a Confederate flag scene. Like, it's it's all there. Everything there. It's like the worst. Way on Front Street. Okay. Yeah. Just don't do the shit. Fucking have uh, whatever. Um. Anyway, so I also watched another remake. Uh, in regards to the movie we're talking about today, the Slumber Party Massacre 2021 remake. Dude, I didn't even know this existed until like, yeah, they we didn't were searching advertise for the, the the movie the other night. Whenever we watched it, and Kate was uh -huh. like, "Is this like the 2020 something one?" And I was like, "What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I had no idea there's a remake of it." Yeah. So, um, watching it at first, I didn't catch the tone from the beginning. Like I was a little bit, and then it kind of shifted, um, to me at least it shifted cause I hadn't caught it yet. Once I figured out that just like one and two, it's a horror comedy. Um, and once I really like got on board with it after I finished it, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So uh -huh. I had to rewatch it. So I rewatched it, and I think I'm in love with it. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah. You're gonna pop the question to it? I would, I think. Yeah, <laughs> the question wow. being, can I watch you again? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and uh, admittedly, I am a super fan 
of Slumber Party Massacre 1 and Slumber Party Massacre 2. Spoilers for the upcoming review, but I think this movie is fucking awesome. Um, and, and I think 3 is terrible. <laughs> um, but the the people who made it obviously knew the movies extremely well. Mm-hmm. Like, extremely well. Not just in, like, bringing up, like, they, you know... One of the one of the characters wears a lot of the same stuff that the blonde who wore like the basketball jersey wore, uh, and uh, there's even that basketball jersey from the first one in in a scene like uh, oh, the shit. the like uh, telephone uh, van that he steals from the the lady he kills at the high school is in the shots like it's it's oh, wow, the van yeah. he uses. Oh. It, it it brings back a lot of the stuff in a really interesting way and twists a whole lot of the things because we've talked about it the the first one Summer Party Massacre way long ago but that has um, an overt feminist message within it uh, this one does not and we'll talk about that later but it it is, it is a girl power not girl power but sisterhood type of thing it, it 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 does something that a lot of horror movies back in the 80s didn't do which is just show women having a good time they're just yeah. enjoying each other's presence and having fun for a lot Imagine of the that. Mm-hmm. yeah um but the the newer one really flips a lot of the gender dynamics and stuff it's very interesting i i right. highly it recommend out. it yeah sounds cool also on a friday night on the screaming chat Look out. We watched a little movie called The Toolbox Murders. The Toolbox? Now, is this with, with Tim the Toolman Taylor? Is he oh, in there oh, killing oh, a oh, folk? Oh, 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 oh. I'm going to sell cocaine and then sell out my friends when I get caught. <laughs> now I'm Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, The Toolbox Murders. Uh, you've never seen this? No. Huh? It is... It is um, at the time, Stephen King uh, raved about it, which is <laughs> Stephen King's opinions on movies. But yeah, I uh, know. people are always like, "Oh my God, Stephen King said it was sick," and it's like he says that about a lot of trash, yeah, a lot everybody. of bad stuff. Um, it's it's not good. It's not, but it's um, it's got some moments. Mostly an overly long, creepy monologue from the killer guy. That just, I, I mean, it is creepy, but it like, it loses steam three or four times and <laughs> it's just like Woof. keeps going. Um, anyway, it's all right. I mean, we watched it for the screaming chat, so obviously it's not good. Um, yeah. then on Sunday we watched Bordello of Blood, which is, um, the Tales from the Crypt movie that came after Demon Knight and Ooh. actually has the, the Demon Knight like blood cross thing in it as like part of the the storyline uh it's bad it's bad oh, is it? well i, I mean i've never seen like ads for it on the backs of like comic books yeah, and stuff yeah during the 90s yeah uh-huh it's got dennis miller in it and let me tell you about a guy who i don't ever need to hear talk <laughs> like, <laughs> is i'm it fine dennis if miller? he just doesn't yeah uh-huh i'm fine with that i've never I'll say this again. honestly like i don't off the top of my head have like any personal vendetta against Dennis, Dennis Miller. I'm uh-huh. just trying to remember any time that he's actually made me laugh. Ever. Yeah, I don't. That's, yeah. Ooh, you know? Boy, he's something. Um, it has a Corey Feldman in it. Uh, this is I like, like that. 
Yeah, it's like, when was this? 97, 96 or 7? I don't remember when this came out. But uh, he's... He's looking. He's looking cute. He's got. He's extremely well groomed, though, which is off putting to me. When some like he has <laughs> that like beard that looks like you know two people worked on for an hour. Oh but, no, like, too much. Yeah, but uh, oh, and also they're all dressed so nineties. It's like you're kind of selling me on it right now, man. Yeah, you might you might have fun with it. Honestly, it has so much uh, boobs and butts in it, like so Again, much selling me yeah but um yeah the story well fuck i i mean you might enjoy it it's not i mean you wouldn't you probably will agree it's not a good movie but there's some moments there's some cool moments there's a, a a cross laser moment that is pretty fucking cool dude i'm telling <laughs> yeah. you anybody that knows me or listens to the show knows that a movie being bad ain't nothing to keep me from stopping liking it Okay. That's a good point. Yeah, that ain't gonna stop me from loving a movie. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I also watched a documentary called Sleepless Nights, which I'll talk about when we're talking about the movie because it's about uh, Slumber Party Massacre one and two. Oh shit! I wish I would have seen that. It's cool. I wish I I wish I'd seen it before we did the first movie because it it had like so much stuff I didn't know about. Um, apparently the guy the guy who played the driller killer in the first one he was like a method actor. And like one of the actresses said, she saw him between takes, just whispering to the drill and uh, stroking it with Vaseline. No, what? Just in case anybody has any doubts as to whether the drill was a symbolic phallus, it was. <laughs> he thought it was. The writer or the director thought it was. Everybody thought it was. It was. I don't know though. What if it wasn't? <laughs> it was. And this guitar drill is a double dick. I don't know about that now. <laughs> I think you need to get your mind out of the gutter. Ah, that's probably it. Yeah, that's probably it right there, man. All right, man. A bountiful bunch of movie watch. We've been doing we were some real life movie watchers this week, huh? Yep. I like it. Almost as much as I like taking a little pit stop into that preview palace. Welcome. To the preview palace. Oh my goodness gracious. Here we are in the preview palace before we get on to the movie review. And I'm very excited about today's installment because yeah. there's been a handful of PP segments that I spring upon you where I'm like, yeah. guess what? Guess what? Nerd, this is what we're oh, doing, no. geek. All my books. All my papers. Oh no. I say. Oh, my, my Star Wars dice. <laughs> For when right? I play Star Wars. Star Wars The Gathering. Uh -huh. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but this week, the tables have turned, and I am being goddamn sprung upon. Yep. And I'm so excited to be sprung upon. I rarely get sprung <laughs> upon unless it's my birthday. What do you want sprung for your birthday, baby? To spring be sprung me. upon. Spring, spring me. me. <laughs> Give me the, the rights of spring, Stravinsky, Finally. I say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ben, yeah, I'm coming at you today with a surprise, and here's what we're going to do for the Preview Palace. We are going to put together our own dream slumber party. Oh, shit, dude. Ultimate slumber party fun? Yeah. Now, here's some ground rules. I'm excited. All right. No girls allowed. Okay, yes. That Okay, that is one of the ground rules. You yes. are to consider yourself... At this moment, 
11 years old. Easy. I'm already okay. there mentally. So we're not going to be talking about no booze. We're not going to be talking about gals coming over. This isn't a, a, a slumber party, masker type of slumber party. What do you think this I'm trying a, to do? Get cooties? Ew. Exactly. This is an old school, just like your retro cold. This is a retro slumber <laughs> yeah, party. Taking me back. Yes, sir. All right. I'm First excited. category, and this is obvious as fuck. Who's going to be at your slumber party, Ben? Who's coming over to my slumber party? Yep. Okay, first of all, no girls. No girls allowed. Yucky. Dude, I think if I'm bringing it old school, like taking it back to being 11 years old, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be a bunch of my old school, pipe-hitting, homeschool crew. Yeah. I'm saying shout out to Brett Gleason. Oh, damn. I'm saying uh, shout out to Griffin Fowler. He's coming over. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Maybe even John Schindler, that wild man. Uh Uh-huh. All my OG homeschool buddies. My brother will probably, like, poke his head in there and try to soak up some attention. And we'll all be like, get out of here. You're too old. Get out. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm bringing my old school homeschool homies, dude. We're down with G.O.D., yeah, you we're know not me. about to do a drug, dude. No, we're not about get that to drink an alcohol, and Yuck. we're not touching a boob till we're married to a woman. <laughs> and even then, sparingly. Praise his name. <laughs> we did say that periodically. Praise his name, you'd say. Uh-huh. Well, Ben, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my old school all star lineup for <laughs> slumber parties. Batting first, we got my cousin Casey. Batting second, we got my cousin Buddy. Bringing the cousins in. It's all in the family here. Family (laughs) affair. These are the guys I had slumber parties with. And we're going to go ahead and invite our friend Harold Hefner over. Oh, Harold Hugh Hefner? Have him him over for for hanging out times. Um, Dude, if my last name was was hefner and i was uh-huh. a young man i would absolutely assert that i must be called playboy by all my friends the playboy harold hefner yeah playboy uh-huh. that's just cool man <laughs> i'm also going to say we're both inviting uh cory feldman over too yeah of course cory feldman's coming to hang out with us okay, and he's our true. age yeah, <laughs> he's not like fine. current cory feldman that would be nah. yeah <laughs> yeah 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 no no, 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 he no is yeah. Cor- he's current cory feldman okay yeah, no, 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 yeah, 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 no. Hey, you guys ever try Coke? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I watched an interview with him, um, and I believe, I can't remember which movie it was. The first time he tried Coke, he was like 11 or 12. That's too young to be doing that. Yeah, somebody like gave it to him because like he was having trouble staying up. Anyway, Hollywood is pretty disgusting. It's pretty normal. Yeah. All right. So we we got our homies coming over. All right, Ben. What are you asking your mom to prepare? It has to come out of the freezer from a box. Oh, it has to be like some frozen fucking junk food kind of stuff. That Absolutely. You, you don't get any other time because mom yep. says it's junk food like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I do remember those days of like getting excited to have like garbage because we... We ate, like, relatively healthy. Like, mom cooked a lot and stuff when we were kids. Uh-huh. 
and it was just exciting to have garbage and it's like you'd end up getting some like you know shitty like mm. frozen tombstone pizza and you'd be like oh this actually sucks but it was still just like novel and fun but i'll now, tell you what I, I do not have remember this experience okay. of getting some shitty my like frozen pizza and going this actually sucked as a kid going fuck yeah pizza <laughs> what, <laughs> pizza, dude. what sort of palate did you have as a kid where Refined. you're like this is not good enough for me Ooh. yeah Ooh, anyway the, go the, ahead the sauce is banal if you ask yeah. me i would say <laughs> okay having just said what i i said this is gonna seem really fucking ridiculous okay <laughs> uh i'm definitely gonna ask mom to fucking jam that oven Full of some motherfucking bagel bites for me and my homies. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, dude. Bagel bites. Give me one bagel 100%. bites. Dude, people were either bagel bite people or pizza roll people. I always yep. found a pizza roll to be kind of disappointing. Huh. Okay. Okay. It just tasted like salt and like lava to me. But yeah, a bagel know, bite had, had some more sophistication. recently, and I would agree with that. But not as a, I didn't think that as a child. But more recently, Again. having them, it's like yeah, they're refined. No, yeah, I'm old for my age. Steve. You are. We've it's already true. Covered You're an this. old soul. I've always been this way. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say pizza rolls, and you're correct because I didn't have bagel bites until I stayed at someone else's house for a slumber party, and then I was like, oh, these are really good. Um, Man, but yeah, pizza rolls. That's that's the tradition for me. Well, I'm putting the pizza rolls, but of course, in reality. I didn't have people over to my house because we uh, didn't have a nice house. So Word. this would be at my uh, Aunt Vicky's house. <laughs> that's why nice. my cousins are definitely there. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that, that would be, yeah, we'd throw down some pizza rolls probably. Old All school, right. man. So obviously you're going to have your pizza rolls. You're sitting around deciding what to do. With my boys. Yeah. Your mom says, All right. Pack up, guys. I'm taking it to the video store. Oh, shit. Okay, Ben. You get to pick one movie and one video game to rent. What are you renting? Oh, fuck. This is hard. Okay, so yeah, let me ask. it's a tough one. I was 11 in 1995. Are we yeah. playing by 1995 or playing by 2020? Play by 2020, but, you know, it's up to you. You can pick a movie from back in them days. I mean, honestly, it probably won't make much of a difference. No, I don't think so. <laughs> it won't for me, I know. <laughs> so, okay, so with movie, that's why I was asking about the date, because if it's back then, uh -huh. I was going to say Return of, of the Living Dead. Okay. Because do you want to party? Yes. Of course, me and my boys do. Plus, there's boobs in there. Yeah, movie. exactly. Uh-huh. That's probably the one. If it was like modern day, I'd probably go with the fucking PG, man. Psycho Gore Man. Oh, that'd be awesome. I mean, now, that's a slumber party jammer right there. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to say probably Return of the Living Dead because punk rock, zombies, and gore, uh -huh. and boobs. Yeah. yeah. Same. I mean, I was thinking I would pick either the original slumber party massacre or friday the 13th part five. <laughs> oh, dude oh my god part five is such a fucking masher too great yeah. call or four well four see the thing is four is a good movie five isn't it's full of boobs that's true <laughs> like, yeah so that would be those would be my choices because at 11 i'd be like boob movies that's a fucking pro yeah. choice man what now, game as for a bidjo game so like okay here's the thing 
I would want to rent like Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Oh, yeah, that's a good friends over definitely getting a fight game. Uh-huh. Yeah, but my friends wouldn't want that because I I just I got like fucking hyper been, you know, mega autistic on that stuff and got way too good at it so nobody yeah. wanted to play with me. Yeah. Um so it's probably going to end up being like a like a Super Mario Kart for Super NES. I think that oh, is man, just yeah. like That was going to be fun. my choice for sure. Yeah, dude, like you can be, you know, not even really that great at video games and still have a pretty damn good time playing on that thing. My, so, yeah, probably my cousin buddy was like unbeatable at that game as far as like the records on, you know, just, just doing it a single track run or whatever. Shit, but yeah. when like, and, and he could destroy us absolutely. But when you're playing with other people, you still got shells and stuff. And we, that was like kind of the challenge in playing was beat buddy. If we could beat buddy, you're doing good um <laughs> so like but that was uh, we didn't like get mad about it either it was like kind of really fun trying to beat somebody who was way better than us at it uh we're all working together like god damn it <laughs> gotta beat um, buddy but yeah I, if i wasn't if it wasn't that since you chose that it's already been rented you guys showed up before us so i gotta rent something else oh man it sold oh, out oh, Shit. damn it um i'm gonna pick uh, uh i'm gonna pick wrestlemania 2000 for sure pro that's choice it. man yeah mm -hmm. that's what we're renting that's what we're playing all night we're gonna make up Love stupid it. characters like banana man and he's gonna win a championship shit yeah dude the, the creative <laughs> character stuff was always just the most fun we would yeah. spend probably more time creating characters than playing the game yeah absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. and we'd sit and come up with storylines to play them out before we oh, even, yeah. like played the thing <laughs> for sure yeah of course. so fun uh, all right, Ben. So we've we've got our we've got our our fine dining. We've got our, our entertainment. Food, our entertainment. Yeah, man, we've we got our guests, made. Our guests are over. They're all psyched, you know, because we got the boob movie and we got the game. Just little kings, dude. Little kings. <laughs> little kings. Little kings. So you're playing. I mean, you're gonna get hungry. What is your junk food snack you're gonna pull up for all your homies? I'm saying, oh. you know, chips, cookies, whatever. And what sodas you bringing up? Bro, oh my god, man. Dude, if I had myself a bag of Doritos with, yeah. with my boys, yeah. I don't know if I could fucking... I don't think I could get any higher. OG or Cool no, Ranch? Dude, okay. So back in the day, being the D, it would probably be a Nuncho Dorinto. Yeah, uh-huh. But I grew to be a Cool Ranchman as yeah. my, my palate became more refined. And now they have even better flavors, for sure. See, like I haven't had Thai any of the other fucking ones. Dope. Haven't had it. Am I Got blowing it. it? No, I mean, okay, I actually don't love Doritos anymore as an adult. They give me, like, the IBS type of thing going on. You're a cop. Yeah, I'm a cop. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't had a Dorito in a long time, and if I do get them, I usually get baked Doritos. So, yikes. I usually just have Doritos when I'm baked. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. High on marijuana. Oh, that's what you meant. Okay. Yep, oh, meant, yep. all right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm reaching for a bag of Doritos. And so, like, here's the thing. Back in the day, whenever I drank soda, I only drink uh -huh. it with liquor now because that stuff's yeah. bad for you. So I limit yeah. my intake. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've always just loved good old, plain old Coca-Cola Classic. Just oh, a yeah. big old bottle of sugar is mm -hmm. what i needed 
But I did enjoy very much trying all of the random, just like garbage store brand sodas that would be like just random fruit flavors and so oh, on. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. So you'd probably end up with like a, you know, a six pack of some strawberry store brand soda or something <laughs> whenever you're at my house. Yes. You know? I get that. I get that. A taste of something I, I exotic, I also went Steve. through that phase, too, where it was like... I wanted to try all the other sodas that I hadn't yep. tried. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, that's why they're not famous. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this because, um, you know, we, we have a bottling plant nearby uh, and, and East Tennessee is a test market for Coca-Cola. So we've we've had stuff come through here that didn't actually go everywhere else. And they, they had a soda called OK Soda. I don't know if you no, ever had I've it. I never had that. What is that? I think Surge kind of was like it, but it was more, it was, it was drier. I remember it had more of like a sour flavor to it than the Surge did. Man, I I know that like somebody listening to this is is like, man, I want a sixer of Surge for me and my boys. I never liked Surge. I didn't either. It was too sweet. Because the marketing was so good. But yeah, like I would have it and be like, man, it's just like fucking sugar syrup. And then also I'd be like, why is my heart beating out of my chest because that's what <laughs> fucking caffeine in it we had a surge machine in our locker room in middle school why like, why capitalism is trying to kill us all um yeah i i think you know coca-cola classic is a fucking i mean it was a banger as a kid but oh, you know what though i just contradicted myself Oh, fucking cher- cherry coke was my fucking joint oh, especially yes. whenever the, it was in, in that purple can that purple and black yes. with the ridgy stripes on it dude i swear it, they've to god never like gotten that flavor back now like if you try it so. now it's not right it that dude, was perfect i swear to god i am going to get like a guitar built one day with a custom paint job that is like the old school cherry coke that would be the, so cool the purple That's and black awesome. like zigzags yes. i think that would just be so fucking cool man do you remember like during kind of like the new metal period whenever it went to that like it was like red with black like squigglies on it yeah uh-huh and it looked kind of new metal or something yeah, and it looked I remember. fucking stupid yeah i, didn't I, like remember. It as I think much mountain then. dew also looked like that and it was just like they were trying to be cool, I guess. Extreme, dude. Right. They were being extreme. <laughs> well, not with Mountain it. Dew, Mellow Yellow, because it would be the Coke yeah. product. Yeah. Yep. Mellow uh, Yellow did that like grungy look there yeah. for a little while. Uh-huh. It was stupid. Yeah, that was yeah not cool. So yeah, I, I but I think I'd pick Dr Pepper. Dr Pepper was one I I loved as a kid, but I didn't get to drink caffeine a lot because I I was ADD but not medicated, and my mom thought that caffeine made it worse. So I drank Sprite all the time, which is most likely what <laughs> I would have at this get together. It wasn't the caf it was definitely the caffeine and not the, you know, like two thirds of a cup of sugar that was in, you know, every one of those things. Yeah. For sure. Oh, uh and my, my snack of choice would be uh the Chewy Chips Ahoy. Oh, dude. I loved those as a kid. I've had them now, Fuck and yeah. it's like, oh, this is, what is, why is it like this? <laughs> this is, what's in here? <laughs> this is a right? weird texture. Not That's that it's bad, but how does, how do you make it? I was so totally the same way when I was a kid. Like, you know, mom would make homemade chocolate chip cookies, and they'd be like thin and like crunchy, and I'd be like, man, why can't they be that like thick, chewy, soft yeah. thing like you get at the grocery store? But like, nowadays i have it and i'm just like what are you doing here yeah how do you make that 
you can make uh, you can make a thick chewy cookie at home. It's possible that there's a, a good eats episode where Alton Brown shows you how to do it, but it's not the same texture. It's just a similar texture that because the same texture is impossible without chemicals. Well, I was gonna say like my my sister in law actually makes some of the most convincing like soft chewy yeah. chocolate chip cookies I have ever fucking had. They're they're fucking amazing, and I think they have. I want to say it's one of those random ass things like a fucking packet of pudding mix in them. Oh, pudding mix. Okay. Yeah, which is also to say a ton of chemicals and shit. Yeah, yeah. But they're really good. <laughs> as long as all it's good, that's something. all that yeah. matters. <laughs> all right, Ben. You you've been playing your game. You've wa- you've watched your booby movies. Now that you've watched your booby movies, you're all talking and guess what you're talking about? Oh, probably talking about trucks, talking about women. Yeah. Never had a plan just to live for the man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is what you're talking about. You're talking about girls at school. Now, <laughs> this is a ready? this is a tricky subject for me, Steve. I was homeschooled, and <laughs> well, that just gets weird really that fast. People you know now, you knew in school. <laughs> 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 Which girl in school are you gonna prank call? Because you think she's cute. I think I know who it's gonna be, Ben. Oh my god! I'm probably gonna, uh, you know what I'm gonna do with with my homies? I'm gonna call um, my wife Kate Pettit up, uh-huh. and we're gonna try to get her saved over the phone. Is probably what would happen. <laughs> you trick That's her probably into getting saved, and over then you the all phone. giggle. Yeah, <laughs> That's actually probably what would happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we're man. lame. We're well, really if I lame don't say my wife now, she'll get mad. So my wife, I was trying to. I was trying to think of uh, some girl that like we all knew, everybody who would be at the party, but then it's like, you know what? I'll call my wife and prank her. It'll be fun. She'll have no idea who I am. I bet if we're at a slumber party together, we we both call up Holly Ford and we're like, Hey, you ever That'd heard be fun. of you ever heard of Thomas Kincaid? He's a painter of light. Huh? <laughs> what do you know about that? Artist. Our friend Holly Ford, Holly who, Ford. Is, who is an artist who phenomenal. is phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal, yes. <laughs> I bet we do that. Not so phenomenal. (laughs) What are you talking about? You're thinking of somebody else. I mean, he obviously did his style well, if you like that. I don't. Nope. (laughs) That's the problem, isn't it? All right. Yeah, the art's not good. Here we go. This is the last one. I I I forgot. I have this this one tucked away. Which of your friends is most likely to start crying and go home early? Probably me. I was going to say the same. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the vote of confidence. <laughs> no, I was going to say the same about myself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, like, I, I absolutely do have those memories of, you know, yeah, going to stay over the night at, like, a friend's mm-hmm. house or whatever. And because, I mean, dude, obviously, I was fucking homeschooled and, and grew up very conservative. Like, yeah. I was a homebody. I was home 24-7. Yeah. I definitely did have, like, that, that separation anxiety where it'd be like, oh, I miss my mom. I miss video <laughs> games, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so probably uh, me and that bunch, honestly. My mom just wouldn't come pick me up. Uh, so that that's how she kind of solved that because I just knew, like, oh, well, I got to get comfortable here. Dude, I'm telling you though, can you imagine? Because especially now that you know we're our age and we have, you know, not you know, neither of us have kids, but our our friends have kids and stuff. 
Uh-huh. And whenever they get that like rare night off after they've raised you from being a fucking yeah. drooling, pants-shitting baby and you finally yep. get old enough to where you're a human being and you have friends and you're like, I'm going to go to my friend's house so that you guys can do whatever you want and probably have sex tonight. Right. And then your kid calls you up and is just like, I miss being home. Pick me <laughs> up. Like, can you imagine what a fucking dick softener that is? Exactly. And can you imagine, awful. like, my mom didn't drink, but if I were a parent, I would already be a few drinks in by the time I got I'd that be call. Lit. Sure. It'd be like, it's just not going to happen, kid. I'll call Sorry. you an Uber. You'll shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, and the Uber is going to one of your other friends' houses. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I remember calling my mom. I I don't remember where I was staying, but it was a like like we were poor, but my mom like cared and tried, and it was one of those houses where that was not the case. Um. So I called my mom and I was like, I don't want to be here, whatever. And she she did not come pick me up. And then when I told her, like, what it was like staying over there, she was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh Dude, there was, there was honestly one time that I had a friend whose house I was over at for the night. And yeah. I, was, I was so sheltered. I mean, I'd never been around alcohol or anything like that when I was a kid. Uh-huh. That I was aware of, apparently. Right. Um, and I guess I went over to his house, and I was, I was probably like six years old or something at the time. And, like, I called my mom, like... I think it was like at nine thirty or ten at night after uh-huh. I'd been over there for a while, and I was like, "Yeah, his dad fell down the stairs, and he's talking really funny." I guess his dad was like <laughs> fucking drunk and like fell down the stairs and got in a fight with his wife and oh, shit. shit. Oh, and fuck. I was like, "Could I come home?" And mom actually did come and pick me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that sounds fair. <laughs> like, yeah, that was not gonna... one of my homeschool uh, church going friends. It sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, that was not <laughs> one of those. Well, Ben, we've put together quite a slumber party for ourselves, and it sounds like both of us are going home early. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, we're going home with a dang old tummy ache from all that junk food. Yeah. And just uh, heading back home to sleep to in our own bed. Sleep in our own bed and play our own video games and not cheat. Yeah. Right. Because the other people cheated by being better at it. Probably. Yeah. They they knew the special moves. <laughs> therefore, cheating. Cheating. Yeah. Cheating. You know the Hadouken? You're cheating. Cheating. You're supposed to yeah, just I'm- smash the buttons until things happen. Yeah, I'm kicking and punching over here, and you're, like, shooting fireballs out of your hands. How is that fair? (laughs) It isn't. I remember getting in a fight with uh, one of my friends. Oh, gosh, this was another instance where uh, I found out the parents cared even less. In fact, uh, his dad never came home the entire time I was there. Um, Oh. Yeah, we were alone. We were, like, sixth grade. (laughs) We were alone the entire time. We were playing a baseball game that I played all the time, and he was beating me at it, and I was so mad at him. <laughs> like, just so fucking mad. Dude, the worst, though, is whenever you'd have somebody over, and they'd play your video games with you, and you'd beat their ass at it because it's your game. Right. And then, did you ever have those friends that would get, like, really mad and start, like, banging your controllers on the floor or, like, throwing them or whatever? And you're like, dude, that's my fucking controller. You're going to break the thing. I know what you're talking about, but no, I did not. Are you looking around this place? We're poor. Exactly. There's no no replacing this. No, it's only one. Then you just, like, let them win a round or two. 
Yeah, so they'll like, stop throwing your fucking controller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> they really didn't, like... Like, you think back to what you did as a kid, and I, I'm always surprised that people are like, the good old days. It's like, really? Like, you didn't get to do much, and you weren't good at things, and you weren't smart. Like, yeah, how fun was it? Was it, though? Yeah. Yeah, you know? you're just running around being a dummy. I yeah. don't know things. Hey, mister, you're a stranger. Can I go in your car or whatever? Do you have candy and things? I want them. Blah. Yeah, I'll take whatever. I don't care. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of idiots. Dummy kids. If any kids are listening right now, you're dumb. Yeah, you don't know what's Fucking up. Fucking got them. Go do your dabs, children. Go do your... Oh, I thought you said go do your dads, and I was like, do not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not that. No, not that. <laughs> Dab your marijuana, children. Well, are we going to talk about this damn movie or what? We don't talk no, longer than a damn talk movie. About smoking flower like old men. Smoking flower. I was just over flower here smoking power. some flower. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's right. All purpose flower. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the only all purpose flower I need. Well, AP. I like to yeah. get the, the King Arthur. It's higher in protein, so you get more gluten in your lungs. Ah, the power of the king. Now you're riding with the king, they say. <laughs> That's what they say. Now you're riding with the king. Uh-huh. Eric Clapton and BB King, they uh, said that. Eric Clapton. Yay. The cool coolest guy. guy, right? Just He's a fucking so cool. cool guy, man. He's just tired of being locked down. Ah, oh, dude. He's so with the times and it's, hip. It's got to be hard to be extremely rich and not be able to go and do things. Like, Oh, man. People Dang. should service you. Things should be open for you. You have money. I'll tell you what. Do you know what Eric Clapton and a cup of coffee have in common? Oh, God. This is going to be about a dead kid. Go ahead. Okay, it's not. It's not actually. Oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> they both suck without cream. Oh, and okay. it's true. It's very yeah. true. That's just a music All right. joke. All right. Yeah. Yep. Well, okay, though. Do you know what the difference between a bag of cocaine and a baby is? Tell me. Eric Clapton would never let a bag of cocaine fall off of a windowsill. I'm just saying. Okay, now you're satisfied. You got your Clapton dead kid joke. Okay. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You asked for it. I did, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Slumber Party Massacre 2. Hell yeah. (laughs) Rate rate and review on iTunes. Yeah, head on over. Don't ask me to do Eric Clapton lessons on YouTube. (laughs) No, please, yeah. Um, So, yeah, Slumber Party Massacre 2. Yeah. This, I mean, this is one that has uh, been in my rotation for a very long time. Uh, we rented the first one as kids, filled with boobs. So we rented. We did a the whole second. episode on it. Indeed, yeah, it's great. Uh, so that drove us to be like, "Well, we're going to watch part two. It's also going to be filled with boobs," which isn't true. But while watching it, we were laughing our asses off. I remember as kids, like just loving it, having such a great time with it. And now, like, as an adult, I can say nothing's changed. I laughed my ass off each time I watched this. I had so much fun with it. When they were singing Tokyo Convertible and it just kept going, I was like, this is great. 
when they <laughs> when they sing two full songs, I was like, "This is wonderful. This is amazing." There's nothing and, wrong with this movie. And then when the bad guy sings his own song, yes, it's the best. What? Okay, what is like the number of so- like full length songs that you have to sing in a movie before, before it becomes a musical? A musical? Well, that's, yeah, I mean that is my question here: Is this a musical? Because Deborah Brock uh, was going for Rocky Horror in a way, and oh. Rocky Horror is a musical. This, this, how, I mean, it's a musical, right? It might be. I mean, you I'm, might be a musical. <laughs> if you got five full-length songs in your movie, you might be a musical. You might be a musical. <laughs> yeah, it, it's ridiculous, man. Like, whenever we reviewed the first one uh, way back on on the show, yeah, that's the like first time I'd seen early. that movie. Yeah, and uh-huh. uh, we went on and on in the episode about all the, like, really feminist analyzation of the male gaze stuff that's going on in that movie it was almost like a a commentary on slasher movies during the heyday of slasher movies and how it is this like masculine uh power fantasy that is playing out before us right and uh i really really enjoy the first movie and i think it's very underrated in a lot of ways yeah absolutely so i watched this one for the first time I want to say a year or two ago. It was one of those like late night, like, uh-huh. oh, I just need some trash to put on. And here's this movie with a guy with a guitar on the cover. Let's go ahead and put this on. And I watched it, and I was like, this is fucking bonkers. This uh-huh. is a ridiculous-ass movie. The it tone is. is really different from the first one. Uh-huh. <laughs> the presentation is really different. And uh, I, I had a good time watching it. So I was excited to uh, to cover this one with a deep dive here for the show. Yeah. So this is only the second time that I watched it. And I watched about three quarters of it before we started the episode. Yeah. It is a ridiculous ass movie, dude. But I do enjoy it. Yeah. Um. So let me give you a little history on how this came to be. Give me the, the herstory on the it. The herstory, yeah. So... um. First movie directed by Amy Holden Jones, written by Rita Mae Brown, um, sort of established the pattern to follow, which is uh, having a woman write and direct Slumber Party Massacre movies. So that is true of uh, one, two, three, and the remake. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, This is, this, basically Corman uh, did what he did, which is be a, a goddamn hustler. He... Uh, went to Europe and sold the distribution rights for Slumber Party Massacre 2. And then he came back home and he was like, all right, now I need a Slumber Party Massacre 2. <laughs> so he he had he nothing. led with the cell. Yep. Wow. I mean, honestly, though, that's, that's Friday the 13th. It's just like, I don't know, we sold a title. What's yeah. the movie going to be? I yep. don't know. Yeah, that that does not determine the quality of a, of a movie for sure. Uh, dude, it's just how Corman this, does man. business. Like, Roger Corman... I'm sure there's a lot of like really scuzzy stories and stuff about the guy floating around. I'm sure, uh, but dude, the guy got a lot of shit done. And there's also got- something about there's something about like placing yourself in that position that where you have that initiative where you're like, well, I've already sold the movie now, I have to write it. Well, the there's something is- about that that yeah, accountability. You know what I mean? I would say about Corman is, I mean, there might be some scuzzy stuff out there, but. I haven't heard any. Um, Good. Specifically, like, he he really, like, raised up a lot of voices. Like Joe Dante and James Cameron 
and uh, several other big names that you've heard, but also women. Um, he had women coming in, writing and directing horror movies in a time when that wasn't happening. No. Um, he basically, uh, Amy Holden Jones came in. This is I'm talking about the first one because uh, I didn't know this stuff <laughs> before. Amy Holden Jones had been editing for uh, Roger Corman, and he basically had a, a policy that if you edited a, a few movies for him, you could come ask him to direct if you wanted to. So she oh. added a few mo- movies for him, and she came to him and was like, hey, I'd like to direct. And uh, he sh- just showed her a stack of scripts and said, go through there, pick one. Uh, and uh, she found the Rita Mae Brown script, and she like shot some some sort of speculative footage and showed it to Roger Corman. And Roger Corman was like, how much did this cost? And she was like, eh, about $1,000. And he was like, you're going to go far in this business. Uh, and he hired her to direct this movie. Uh, she actually took this movie over the opportunity to, not this movie, but Slumber Party Massacre, the first one, over the opportunity to edit E.T. Whoa. So when he came to making this movie, he asked her to come back. But n- nothing had come of her directing Slumber Party Massacre, even though it was a financial success. Nothing had come of it. She hadn't gotten jobs because of it. So instead, she she was working on the script for Love Letters, which she eventually sold, and that that you know was a Jamie Lee Curtis movie, and then she got Mystic Pizza and, and blah blah blah. Uh, so Corman had sold the distribution rights in Europe, comes back, uh, he approaches Deborah Brock, and you know tells him hey tells her hey look I uh, got this movie I don't, don't have a script <laughs> I I need a script and uh, a director do you want to do it. And she was like, great, because it basically meant she could do whatever she want because she doesn't have a script. He needs a movie. So it's, you know, whatever she comes out with is what's going to come out. So she really took it and made it her own thing in a real interesting way. Now, the first one, Rena Mae Brown is, you know, she's a feminist writer. Uh, Amy Holden Jones was putting a feminist spin on everything. And this Deborah Brown, she is. She said that uh, we weren't into making feminist political statements, but sisterhood is a great word for it. So, huh? Okay. This this was more about portraying women just as friends and sisters and loving each other and caring about each other, which is just something you didn't see a ton in movies back then. Mm-hmm. So maybe we never do. And and I I tried to see like is there some sort of feminist message to this i don't think there is anything in there particular except just that women are human beings which <laughs> it's it's like when uh you know marvel puts a, a a person of color into their movie and people are like oh it's political now like <laughs> having women be portrayed <laughs> as human beings it's like oh that's feminism and it's like no it's just that's normal stuff this, this is, is just normal. normal yeah yeah well, um, and I can tell you too. I don't know about you, but I I did ask my my hardcore feminist wife, right, if this is an accurate portrayal of, of how slumber girls' party? slumber party goes. Yeah. And apparently, this this is her words, not mine. They do have pillow fights, spill uh-huh. champagne, and lose a top like all the time. I believe that. No, <laughs> that's apparently very realistic. While watching this, it, one one thing that I would imagine i mean there have been some 
uh, recent like uh, writings, critical writings about how this is a, a queer movie. Uh, oh, really? Specifically, how it's either uh, a movie about bisexuality or about being trans. I didn't uh, even think I, about any of that while watching it. I'm interested to hear about this. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like you you probably get that if you were bisexual or trans, maybe. Like that's wh- while reading these things, I was like, oh, okay. Like I like th- they're really good arguments. I would say check them out. Uh, one is on Slash Film. It's by Ar- Ariel Fisher. Uh, and the other is called Drills, Dysphoria, and Rock and Roll by William B. Valentine. Um, check those out. I, I don't want to try to distill their arguments because they're they're good. They're nuanced and they're worth checking out. So, yeah, th- this has a cult following. And, and I think, yeah, it, uh, there there is something to be said about uh, its queerness. Um, hmm. Beyond I'll have to, the, like, keep that in mind next time that I watch it. Yeah. Beyond that, though, I mean, um, it kind of it does a- another thing with gays. We have the 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 guys, you know, they do the same thing as the first one, where they're staring through the window and whatnot, and they're peeping toms, peeping mm-hmm. toms and whatnot. But the guys in the in the first movie, like we talked about it before, they have like, uh, like they they are put in positions where they're supposed to be the brave men, but they don't, they're not that brave actually like they're kind of like really scared about the situation or whatever and the tj in this i think is more of a traditional horror guy oh my god dude tj in this is bonkers the most unlikable character in the movie even beyond Mm -hmm. the guy who's killing people yep yep for sure but he did go to the bill paxton school of acting so that Jesus ma- Christ, dude. <laughs> he's so Bill Paxton in this, <laughs> he except he's so not as charming at all, for sure. No, but dude, it, it's so funny that you mentioned that, because like the whole time that I was watching this movie, I was like, what is it about this guy that's familiar yeah. to me? And you're right, it's because he's a Bill Paxton character. Character, yeah. 100%. 100%, yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he's the more traditional, like horror movie guy where it's like he just rapey piece of shit yeah and he dismisses everything and whatnot but then the other guy jeff just a nice guy like he hardly even stands out the one is he the one that looks like he's 38 or the one that looks like he's 48 (laughs) he looks like he's 48 38 year old uh is the boyfriend is the the courtney's boyfriend right the guy is that mark i think his name is uh matt matt okay yeah 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 that one guy is like clearly like a grandfather right yeah and he's just sweet like he's just like understanding and nice the whole time (laughs) and like that that that's an interesting shift to me because the guys in the first one were a little more um i i think more nuanced maybe like uh less less of a bro-y type and to bring a bro-y type in you then have to like make him you you have to make some sort of statement with him you don't have to but they do in this movie he doesn't listen to women he doesn't believe women and that like he he's kind of the lead voice and not believing courtney uh mm-hmm. and the other guys aren't like that so like it's it's just sort of like juxtaposing like how men can be but the other the other men are are like Matt is only concerned with with Courtney and Jeff is just like being sweet the whole time, 
And then you got TJ, who is this like over the top piece of shit, toxic masculine type of character. Oh yeah, yeah, total garbage. Now, an interesting thing I, that they thought of doing coming into this was having the same actor who plays Matt also be the driller killer. So, like, that is why. Kind of, well, that's that's what is kind of going on in this, and we'll get to what this movie is because I hear I people say it doesn't make about any that. sense, yeah. and they're, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I understand. That's valid. I yeah. really tried to dig out what's going on, and I think it does make some sense. So basically, all of this is like uh, an al uh, an allegory, just sort of like not an allegory. Is a metaphor for a fear of losing virginity. Okay. Um, so she she is afraid that if she loses her virginity, the same thing that happened to her sister is going to happen to her. Yeah. And it's interesting because the more she gets sexually excited, the more the driller killer comes out to the point that she and Matt are about to go all the way, and then that's Uh-oh. when the driller killer comes out and starts killing all her friends. Well, kills her boyfriend first and then starts killing all her friends. Um, And I'll get to what, what all that maybe means, but the idea of Matt and the driller killer being the same person is interesting to me because it then is like, it, it's making more clear the connection between her fear of losing her virginity and her... Uh, connection of sex and death because in the first one she's the the young sister who you know has the porn mag and whatnot she's having this like sort of sexual awakening in the first one and that ends in all that violence yeah so that that kind of like shared association of just like right at her sexual awakening this horrible yeah murder spree happened so she has repressed all of her sexual energy and in fact, uh, Crystal Bernard, who uh, is the daughter of a Baptist preacher and was like a, a gospel singer and whatnot, like she was really like prudish about like doing any nudity or anything or even being in bed with the boyfriend character, um, oh. which actually serves, I think, a lot to this sexual repression angle because the character, they dress her kind of almost childish at times. She doesn't do anything like sexy like any of the other um uh, woman characters do like she is trying to avoid sex at all costs because she believes it will lead to this same you know driller killer slaughter yeah so the final result is either all of this is hallucination and fantasy because of her trauma or she manifested the driller killer with her anxiety now i know that sounds insane but just remember uh jason Voorhees drowned and then he was alive and uh freddy krueger is a dream demon for some reason so (laughs) as weird as that may sound it makes all the sense in the world in the world of slashers yeah, honestly, if you can get by, 
you know, the biggest horror icons ever, like yeah. Myers and Freddie and Jason. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's fine. Just yeah. go with it. It's fine. Just go with it. It is. Because I will say, I think 100%, the only competition that the Driller Killer in Part 2 has for coolest slasher ever is Freddy Krueger. And I think oh, yeah, he's cooler. Dude. I think that the Driller Killer in this is cooler than Freddy. Because Freddy kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> he yeah, was a child molester. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, this guy... Ha- well... Cancel Freddy, I'm saying. A, a teenage murderer. I mean, that's pretty uh, bad, too. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Not you know, good to murder teenagers. No, neither of them are really great, exactly. But, dude, this guy is like... He's like the fucking Fonz yeah. on acid. He's so cool. Now, let me tell you about him. And get ready. Fucking hold on to your seat. I want to know about this guy because, like, I, I did a, a quick glance at his IMDb, and it's like he's not really done much yeah. anything acting-wise. And I'm like, the fuck why? Because he's got he's great, right? so much charisma, and yeah. he's great on screen, and he can yeah. dance, and he can deliver these stupid-ass lines and shit. He's really good. Well, let me tell you about Atanas Illich real quick, Ben. He's the son of Thomas Elich. I know that doesn't mean anything to you just right now. Means nothing to me just right now. But guess what? Thomas Elich. Oh wait, no, his name is is actually Thomas Elich. Atanas is what he goes by. Uh he's the son of Mike Elich, who is the founder and owner of Little Caesars. No. Yeah. The Tiny Czar himself? The Tiny Czar himself. So, Atanas Ilich is uh, the third son, I believe. And, um, of Mr. Caesar. Of Mr. Caesar himself. Holy shit. What? So, uh, he he was obviously a rich kid, and he wanted Dude, to I'm make- Dude, I've eaten his pizzas. Right. <laughs> he, he wanted to make it in the entertainment industry, so he moved out to Hollywood, where he was working in music- and then decided, you know, it'll be fun. I'll try some acting. So he came in for this audition. He was the first person auditioned. And uh, Deborah Brock was blown away by him, thought he was amazing, uh, well, but yeah, wanted to, you know, bring other people in to see uh, how they would do. And everybody who came in, she was like, no, nope, they're not as good as that guy. So they brought in Atanas to do it. The man is going fucking at it. And I feel like. I feel like probably it it can be real hard to think of like what it would be like to be an actor in this movie because a lot of us just assume oh you're an actor in a movie so you're making enough money uh, but this is a Corman production so they're not making like so a lot of money not, yeah so they're not making a lot of money they're working from like nine in the evening to like six in the morning for most of the shoot. They're doing a lot of fucking blow. So they're doing a lot of blow, you'd think. But this is a Corman production. (laughs) So it's not like it's in the budget. Corman's not bringing it. I guarantee... They're doing a bunch of yellow jacket pills from the gas station. I guarantee you, though, Atanas Illich had some coke. Because that guy (laughs) is hyped in every goddamn scene. And I'm not complaining about this. I'm not saying this is bad. It was the 80s. Everybody did coke. But, like, he is bringing it because he has nothing to lose. This is, like, just a lark for him. This is just a little True. fun diversion in yeah. his life. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Go look up his album on the back. It's he's got him just holding a cat. It's adorable. Like just holding on to a cat. I wonder what kind of fucking music it is. Did you listen to it? I didn't. Uh, it is on YouTube though. You can go listen to Atonis oh, Lynch's album. Uh, but yeah. It, anyway, eventually though, he did go back and and work. He's working for the family now. Uh, because you know, I, why wouldn't you? <laughs> They're uh, super rich. Of course, you could just take a job with your family and not do anything. Um, he's got himself a part of that hot and ready empire, man. Right. Exactly. But like, I I just. I think, like, I don't like billionaires, and we don't need billionaires. But think of how, like, artistically free he was because he didn't have to worry about money. So he could bring, like, a fucking awesome performance in this tiny little movie. Who cares if I never get another gig? It doesn't matter. And that's what we need. We need a fucking... We need artists to be able to do that to be able to fucking go for it and not have to worry about paycheck to paycheck bullshit anyway yeah yeah off of my fucking soapbox atana Selich, that was cool that thing you did <laughs> way to go dude fucking he's fucking rack. amazing honestly yes. like th- there are so many movies especially movies you know from this time period and of this caliber and in this subgenre where the killer is just some fucking forgettable ass yep. you know guy with a machete or whatever and you never Mm -hmm. think twice about him and this guy sells it hard as fuck yeah it it is a ridiculous like cartoon character absolutely of a uh of a slasher villain god damn it he's great like so many of his lines are like lyrics from rock and roll songs i just can't get no satisfaction yeah (laughs) the way he delivers his lines like so much of it is just like fuck i would have never thought to say it like that and it's so cool like i know he's just doing such a great job in this and like i I don't have any complaints about anybody in this honestly like i i've i've been thinking about this a lot lately bad acting has gotten worse when you look back at 80s movies like this like when they would have like one take and the actors maybe done a soap opera episode before and it's like and it's like bad acting i guess but now you can watch a movie in 2020 where bad acting is literally somebody who has no idea what acting is and for some reason is in front of a camera like yeah yeah (laughs) so even if you know somebody says bad acting in an 80s movie i look back on it and i'm like it's not as bad as it could be uh this is you know everybody's pretty good in this i think yeah, I mean, there's some, like, really fucking corny-ass, terrible dialogue. Yeah. There's so many, like, person looking at the camera and talking into the camera uh-huh. moments that Yeah, there's insane. that POV stuff that I think is supposed to be her POV, like Courtney's POV usually, but okay. I don't know if that's consistent. I think sometimes it's, like, just a, a random POV, but whatever. Yeah. Hmm. But, dude, overall, it's it's... It, it's on point for just a yeah. ridiculous, stupid ass fucking eighty slasher. It's almost a like 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 a pastiche of what yes. the acting and the characters were like in those yeah. movies at that time. Only it was made during the time that these were being made. Exactly. There's something. There's like some genius to it, right? And I think that's. I mean, we've talked about this before, and I really need to do the work of figuring this out when the line is that they started moving into ridiculousness in horror movies 
because it seems about 86, late 86 to early 87 is when we just start seeing these real weird horror movies. And there's just like a, a good like 87 to 92, 93, where I think back and I'm like, there weren't really any like standout great horror movies. And then like when I look at the horror movies, I'm like, oh, right. All of these are standouts because they're so fucking weird. Right. Um, yeah. This is definitely like early in that time period where it's like they un- like Deborah uh, Brock obviously understands slasher movies, understands what's fun about them and like amplifies that. Yeah, very much so. This is a fun to watch movie. Like yeah. that's the thing about it, man. Like is it ridiculous? Of course it is. Is it stupid and random and weird yeah, yeah totally <laughs> is it also like barely a movie it's like 70 77 minutes, minutes i believe <laughs> for sure but dude this is the kind of movie that i would love to have on yeah yes. during a, a slumber party or a halloween party Absolutely. or whatever like it's just so fucking stupid and uh-huh. easily watchable yeah i agree with that man like I, I just like watching this every time i watch it by the time they get to tokyo convertible i'm smiling like by the time they get there, I'm just like, oh right, okay, yeah, this goes on longer than I expected every time, and it's so funny. Like, oh dude, they're it just reaches those points fun. where the the band is like playing entire songs yes. during the movie, and you're just like, okay, so padding, right? Yeah. Like the song could have just been called "We're Padding Out the Movie to Make <laughs> It Longer," <laughs> and that is, I mean, and that is it. But it's also like. What they're showing is a is a girl band, which were popular mid to late eighties. Yeah, uh, they're kind of p- cashing in on like the Bangles and Bananarama and stuff like that. Like, they're like, it it, it is very like exactly what Corman would want it to be. Especially the fact that they're they're in a uh, like unfinished suburb, uh, because yeah, like Corman movies are are usually shot on his uh studio lot which is just a lumber yard that he bought uh and then used all the lumber to build sets <laughs> what? yeah he didn't even like change the sense. signage or anything it's just a lumber yard uh and See, this is the kind of frugality i'm talking about where yeah. it's just like man the guy got shit done exactly yeah he had other things in mind he didn't care if they had a flashy sign out front or whatever um but yeah the like the the fact that it's just this unfinished suburb that they're they're working in is is like yeah you can just take a shot of the the different like sets you've built here from far enough away and it'll look like an unfinished suburb and like everything just like everything in the script and everything in corman's playbook kind of line up this is kind of like a perfect corman movie except there's only one set of boobies in here Okay, I was going to bring this up because in my head, from whenever I watched this movie the first time, uh-huh. like a year or two ago, I was thinking that this movie was just like boob central. Nope. That's the first one and the third one are, for sure. But this but one, this one not. not really. Nope. And here's what happened, I think. Because Amy Holden Jones uh, needed to impress Roger Corman, um, and she was working in a situation where like he was paying attention to what she's doing so she did the roger corman shots like there's that that scene in the the shower where it is just long shots of butts and boobs um yeah and she was doing that to fulfill an obligation to roger 
uh, Deborah Brock had leverage here because he's already sold the rights and he needs a movie. And so, um, let's see. Crystal Bernard was an absolute no on nudity. That was not going to happen. Kimberly MacArthur, she was a Playboy Playmate, like January, like Miss January or something. Uh, she had done nudity in movies before, but she was just like, I'm not doing nudity for this movie. Same oh. for Heidi Kozak. I'm assuming they just weren't getting paid enough. They were just like, no, I'm not doing it because Heidi Kozak is like fully nude in uh, Friday the 13th Part 7. Uh, and then Juliet Cummins, who she, she had done... I think she's done nudity in other movies before. She seems game for it or whatever. I think it, like, it really was because what I saw in the documentary, Deborah Brock said, like, we really didn't push it. Like, Roger wanted it, but we really didn't push it. Uh, so uh -huh. whenever, like, I think Heidi Kozak had a nude scene, and she was just like, no, I can't do it. And eventually they settled on her just in her bra or whatever. Uh, and th this is the value here of having a woman director in the eighties working with Corman, like a woman who can say like, okay, Roger, we'll, we'll do that. And then not do it because he has to put the movie out. <laughs> yeah. You're under the gun. At yeah, that point. exactly. Yeah. Uh, apparently they had a code name for him on set. I think it was Jennifer or Jessica. So that when he was on set, like they, they would know, you know, to like not, do anything that Corman would be upset by so that like again they were just trying to fly under the radar like they knew they had yeah. all the opportunity to to put out exactly what they wanted and then also apparently there was some like Corman <laughs> so the um the name of the movie originally was like don't what was it God damn it, don't uh, look now or something like that or don't don't look back. I don't remember. It was it was just some sort of really like uh kind of ambiguous ambiguous yeah. title and Corman just sold he like went to to different things for product placement and sold them on that title. Like didn't really tell them, "Oh, actually it's a horror movie and it's a sequel to Summer Party Massacre. Oh, also there's a drill guitar." Like he like sold them on this other type of movie and then got all that product placement into sleeping part a slumber party massacre too so when you see Whoa. like all those products and stuff those were provided by like pepsi and pepperidge farm or whatever <laughs> like <laughs> the man was a hustler <laughs> i mean he is he's still alive man is a hustler now, he how did he get tyson to provide that chicken that jumps out that refrigerator <laughs> that that scene is the weirdest, right? Because, like, what happened? What Why? is that? Why? <laughs> Why is that there? I don't understand. Like, also, like, they, th this group of people just brought a, 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 a just, you know, naked raw chicken up yeah. to They were going to roast condo. a chicken? Or they were going to roast a chicken together after band practice, I guess? I don't they're know. They're teenagers, right? Like, I mean, they're obviously not. Yeah, they're like 17. Right. But they're supposed to be 17. Like, yeah. It's weird. It is a strange, like all of the setup is weird. They're going <laughs> on a vacation to the suburbs. Like, what for band practice? For band practice. <laughs> but that I no. mean, they do establish why they're doing that. But it's like, as a teenager, and I, as a teenager, I definitely would have gone because you just go party wherever. But yeah. it also would have been like, we live near the. It's Los Angeles. Like, can we go to the beach? <laughs> 
Okay, it might be Los Angeles, but homegirl uh, Courtney, our main character here, is definitely from, I'm suspecting, Southern California. Yeah. Because Southern. her accent, dude, it just jumps the fuck out here. Yeah, she's from movie. Texas, and she's not even trying to not sound like she's from Texas. <laughs> Now, it was a while into watching the movie where Kate finally realized, like, what she knows her from. Wings! Fucking Wings, dude. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. She was on Wings for, what, like, six seasons, I think, was how long that ran. That was, like, a long-running show. Um, That was, yeah, that was, like, her big thing. I watched it, like, crazy as a kid. I can't remember much of anything about it, (laughs) Um, but she was in it for sure. She also is a recording huh. artist. She, um, oh, yeah. Well, she was a gospel singer, as I said, growing up, and like a real, like going around touring gospel singer. Um, Damn. And then, uh, like in the '90s, she had a couple of albums as well. She, yeah, but yeah, she did. Uh, she did Wings. So she was she was on primetime television back when that paid a whole lot of money. So she didn't do a ton after that. And I understand. I wouldn't either. Why would you? <laughs> you have a yeah. ton of money. Let other people have the jobs. And, and of course, she's playing the the younger sister that we saw in the first movie. Yeah. Who was? Yeah, she was the younger sister, but she was definitely like I think fifty five years old when they filmed it. <laughs> no, right? No, no way, man. I, I'm pretty positive that girl was young. The sister, remember, like the, the a- older the sister, definitely looked thirty something. But like, all right, yeah. all right. Go back and rewatch it. She she definitely looks like a kid. Um, okay okay but yeah but she, she's she, playing the younger sister our, our main character from the first movie yeah uh valerie is that her name yeah valerie who was the neighbor the 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 actual slumber party was going on across the street but valerie was kind of our i mean there are three final girls in that so i'm not gonna say valerie was our final girl but yeah. she was our like uh kind of pristine final girl whereas like uh the other baby or not babysitter but the slumber party gal we saw her boobies which would normally Look mean out. she gets killed uh, but yeah so this is yeah this is the young sister from that so she's gone through not everything that happened in that movie but definitely saw the the dead bodies and stuff at the end and saw the her sister and that other uh slumber party gal kill him so She's traumatized by that, and her sister is in the mental institution, uh, I guess, since then. It's only been five years in reality, like 82 to 87, but I don't... If she's 17, I guess that would mean she was 12 in the first one, which I guess I know, I was doing the math there. But she did seem like she was like 13, 14. Yeah. 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 But I guess they did say she was in middle school. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah, this movie not really doing a great job of painting a pretty picture of uh, uh, mental health facilities no. in the, the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, it definitely They probably is. weren't that great back then. I don't know. Um, I don't think they've ever been too amazing, but um, definitely- She's on like a piss-soaked mattress. Yeah, it definitely like, feels alone. outrageous, <laughs> which is why I think, uh, I think that is um, her imagining of what the facility is like. Because if they go to That's visit her, they definitely probably wouldn't like necessarily take her to their the room. They probably have a meeting space. I feel like yeah, because at the end when she's in the mental institution, maybe 
that's it's like a dollhouse and the drill like is gigantic like that's obviously yeah the perspective real. is really weird yeah, yeah. i just feel but like then it's so like at much the end of the movie real. yeah like and, and at the end of the movie is the entire thing valerie's dream about what her little sister is going through after the events of the well, first well no at the movie? end that's not valerie at the end that's that's uh um courtney in the mental institution is it yeah uh-huh how did I miss that? Yeah. So now, like, either all of that did happen, and now she's in a mental institution. Yeah. Or none of it happened, and we can't be sure, like, what is a memory and what is a hallucination. Like, we're we're not really sure at the end what exactly is that, which is kind of Nightmare on Elm Street- but in the same way, very much. But yeah. in the same way that they botched that ending, <laughs> where it's like you made it too complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not mm. a, a great ending. I mean, it, it provides ambiguity, but this is a movie that you can put some thought into, but that doesn't really require thought until the mm-hmm. end, and then you're like, "Wait, what? What's going on?" Yeah, hang on. What? Yeah. I think it is interesting, though, to try to kind of figure out exactly what is happening at the end, that um, the Driller Killer never tries to attack Courtney. Really? Never. He swings the drill over her head to get her to drop Amy once, but he could have just stabbed the drill in her side. So he's obviously not trying to hurt her. Uh, Oh, that makes me think it is this projection of Courtney's, like that she she is maybe even maybe even that she is the driller killer, like yeah, n- that not necessarily the things we see happening are happening, but she is killing her friends. Hmm, possibility. I was kind of trying to make sense of that, like while we were watching the movie, I was I was trying to like view it from other perspectives, where I'm like. Now, what if it was her doing it? How would that yeah. make sense? How could I like frame it that way? And I couldn't really see it that yeah, way. Yeah, there's exactly just not enough proof it. to say that that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm just kind of left like struggling to find out what is really the meaning of what's going on here with this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think in the end, like reality is, they needed a movie. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, make a movie. I don't know. Fuck yeah, it. some of the stuff wasn't fully thought out, but like they ma- they made it. They fucking finished it for sure. They did. Because like, did. and it, they definitely like wanted it to be an Elm Street movie yes. in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, there's Officer Kruger in this. Like, yeah, they're they're obviously. not trying to hide. even his guitar kind of has Freddie vibes to it. Like, and the yeah, way yeah. he acts is Freddie ish, except more yeah, greaser and cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were definitely going for that, and that's not hidden. And that's the thing that's interesting to me is that, like, the first one, the original, was called a Halloween ripoff. Uh, oh. And then this, you could easily say, is is ripping off Nightmare on Elm Street. And I, th- I, I don't want to say too much, because you should watch this, uh, Summer Party Massacre 2021. Okay. But I feel like it consciously rips off Halloween 2018 in a good, funny way. Like, it, it 
just just what I I don't want to say I don't want to ruin anything, but I think it it like is doing a conscious sort of like oh these movies before were supposed to be like supposedly ripoffs and really did kind of take a good bit from those things. What if we do that, but we do a twist on it, make it fun? I I really like the new movie. I, I shouldn't have watched it twice because it's all I want to talk about now. <laughs> so Word. yeah, the, the, this definitely though I think like I think that even you know Deborah Brock said there's there's a couple ways to look at it, and I've presented them, uh, but obviously she didn't have a necessarily like full idea for everything. A lot of it was sure. just this would be cool this would be fun and it's right it's true like it is cool and fun that that that's good enough for me man right like and i'll tell you one thing else about the movie that i was really satisfied with that i thought was pretty cool is the the fucking effects and gore and stuff yep i thought were pretty solid man like there's definitely no there's no doubt that like okay they are saving some money doing a lot of the things that they did in this movie but i thought a lot of the gore and shit was really pretty cool and the guitar Guitar is cool. And the fucking guitar, yeah. man. Come on. Yeah. That thing is awesome. Yep. That I want to know the real... whole story behind, like, who made that. Because here's the thing. is like, the entire movie clearly had gear paid for by Yamaha. Like, everybody's right. playing Yamaha guitars and basses and drums and amps and everything. But uh-huh. I'm like, who the fuck built that drill guitar? I want to know the whole the whole story there. I, I don't know uh, exactly who. I don't know how either. Um because the budget for effects was around twelve thousand dollars so oh that's not much yeah and the, those uh, like the one main there were three guitars the one main guitar was an operating drill on a guitar like it what? actually worked uh and then there was like the more rubber one for the getting close scenes and another sort of yeah you, one. you can see sometimes where like the drill bits like really rubbery Rubber, and yeah. looking yeah yeah so yeah and, and the um deborah brock had the the guitar until maybe 10 years ago when she sold it on ebay um oh man well what? she wasn't taking care of it she said like she just had it in the back of her closet and she sold it to a horror fan who would definitely take care of it sick uh, it it is like it's so overly complicated but so cool like it is yeah it is double phallic symbol you've got the drill on the end of the guitar like it it's like excess sexuality and that's kind of what he is as i said like he kind of represents this repressed sexuality coming to the surface and and you know becoming an actual force and her repressed sexuality is a lot of that yeah and it's, it's all focused on this Matt guy who's kind of boring, which is why I think it would have been interesting to have the same actor play Matt and this guy. Like, if they had had... Yeah. I like, I don't know why you don't have Atanas play Matt. Like, why not? Have him on screen more, please. Like, he's very, uh, you know, charismatic. Like, Yeah, he's the best part of the movie. Yeah, so, like, the other Matt, he's... I mean, he's a you know, like nice boyfriend or whatever, but he's just a boring character. Uh, it, it would have been interesting to put those two together, but also to not have them together does kind of say something where it's like she's going for this boring guy because of her repressed sexuality. She wants mm-hmm. boring. She wants tame, she thinks. But really, mm. she doesn't want tame. She wants wild. She wants this leather-clad guy with a drill guitar. She wants somebody who's <laughs> a over the top. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff going on here that you know. I guess you could say it's subtext, but a lot of it is very obvious yeah, text. Yeah, uh-huh, for sure. You can dig with, stuff with out of this for yeah. sure, but most of it is very much on the surface. And I think you're right in that a lot of it is this like fear of uh, no longer being virginal. Yeah. There's there's so many times where like there's blood all over something that is white, whether it be that yeah. that dead dove or the bed sheets. And the or main the weapon soap is a is a phallic penetrating weapon. Like yeah, yeah, it's all there. It's not exactly subtle. No, no, it, but that's okay. No, yeah, it doesn't have to be for sure. It definitely like, and and the first one had that too, that fear of of losing virginity type of thing. But it it, it also like this one. It really does. It adds like a because the 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 driller killer in the first one is not sexy. Like he is no. he is creepy. He's weird. Uh, he's sex obsessed, but he's not sexy. This guy is sexy. Like he's bring like he's. He's adding an, an angle to the slasher dynamic that you don't really see. I can't think of any other slasher that you would call attractive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's like, true. Not yeah. not one of them, I don't think. But um, he he's he's bringing that element to it, which is like I think just like a part of her sexual confusion and all that, like just all mixed. But again. It is a 77 minute Corman horror movie. So like there there the consistency of messaging and stuff kind of gets a little lost probably because you just don't have the time to do reshoots and stuff like that and you're not going to go back and uh, adjust the script much. But it's there. There's stuff there. The connection to part 1 is is pretty loose. It's like loose, the, the killer yeah. in part 1 as you said is this like kind of creepy sleazy guy who's killing people with this drill and then in this movie he's you know sir not appearing in this film and it's just like (laughs) i don't know crazy greaser rock and roller with a a dick drill guitar but i think that's like the connections are loose i think that's good creativity though because like and and, you know we uh we love the friday the 13th movies but like as tom savini said about the second one it doesn't make any sense of course not that jason would come back he's dead um, this one has that consistency. The driller killer did not come back. If you look at it as this never happened, or even that he's a projection of her psyche, because this isn't that killer from the first one. He's this integration of her sexual repression and a memory of that killer. Uh, yeah. and that works better for me than saying somehow he came back. Palpatine stuff. Honestly. Yeah. You know what? When you put it that way, that, that, that is better. Yeah. I like this movie a lot. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I do too. Yeah. Dude, it, it's ridiculous. There's so many parts in this movie that are uh, just over-the-top fucking stupid. And, yeah. okay, like the scene wherever they, they, they get up all together at the uh, at the condo, and they're hanging out and eating junk food, and they put on Rock and Roll High School. A Corman production. <laughs> a Corman production. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, they're like, oh, this song is playing. Yeah. They were just watching a movie, and they're like, let's dance to this song that I guess is yeah. in this movie in its entirety. Yep. Which, dude, like, the song that's playing that they are, like, dancing to synchronized as if they hadn't choreographed the entire thing, which makes no sense. Right. 
Like, what song do you think they told the girls was going to be playing during that scene? Because that's funny. It does not yeah. match whatsoever. Well, okay, it doesn't. Um, but there is the one scene where the 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 what's her name? Fuck Sheila. Uh, where she is taking her bra off and she is singing the song that is playing. I know that's what got weird yeah. to me, dude. I was I was watching it the second time and I was like, "Here's this song that they're not dancing to." Yeah. But then you're right, homegirl singing it, and it's yep. like, what the fuck is going on? It sounds like a damn like like Chris Isaac song or something. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wanna see your tears? I guess so. Yeah. Um, I I think it's obvious that they they had the music picked out before the movie was ever made like they must have given them a tape and been like these are the songs that we're gonna play yeah this is all we got yeah because like they you know they sing the tokyo convertible bit they uh they they do a competent job of lip syncing to those songs like it okay and and i will say man our homegirl uh amy over there on guitar yeah she is actually playing the right chords That's and is awesome. in the right positions for those songs. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what her whole, her whole story is, but she actually is playing the right stuff to go along. Yeah, with I didn't songs. read anything. The other that, people less so. Yeah, I didn't read anything that said she knew guitar. Uh, but I, the the drummer definitely got lessons from somebody on set. So like, she's oh. that's why it looks like she is competent enough on drums i have no idea what to do on drums i see her drumming and i'm like she could play drums i guess so yeah she's <laughs> she probably fine. doing a drum yeah probably exactly. when she's not suffering from her zip problems <laughs> i think that character is probably the other than um you know our driller killer like i think she put the most into her character because that's not who she is as a person she brought this like surfer girl type of character that really fits with the drummer mentality i think like oh yeah she's like no thoughts only drums like that's her she's talking (laughs) they talk about like she's like i gotta finish that song i'm working on and then we see her working on the song and it's like oh i just abandoned that that's (laughs) like a deep album track at best (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I, i think she's like a real strong character and then like that zip bit is fun like it because like it's so gross and it is so gross it doesn't it doesn't make any real sense i guess because what is happening here what is happening with the chicken what is happening with the zit other than uh the driller killer is in fact in her head it's not an actual like manifestation yeah so these things are her head fucking with her because she it sees like that full way. results of these things. So if she fully hallucinated the driller killer killing her whole like friend set, it's not out of the question. It's like not out of hand with the chicken thing and the the zit thing. Yeah. Hmm. What about those awesome, very helpful cops that she manifests? <laughs> Officer Kruger and Officer Voorhees. They're very uh, yeah. helpful in the situation. I love when uh, they call the second time and the, the cop's like, don't call here again. My first thought was, or what? Like, <laughs> you'll send the cops? That's what I want. So That's kind of what you're going for, yeah. Just I, it, it just seems to me, because like, and, and this is like, again, the dream logic in once, I think once we 
go from whatever happens before her boyfriend brings up the birthday cake. I feel like the that bit from the birthday cake on is all a dream, and it all follows a kind of dream logic because like it's not logical. A lot of the things that are happening don't make any sense. Like the driller killer pops up in the backseat, kills the driver who comes to a full and complete safe stop. The uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Sheila and TJ, they go knocking on a door. Uh, Sheila sees the driller killer coming, and she goes to pick TJ up. Like, yeah. what? And then, like, they're in the room, and they could just do the thing that they eventually do when he gets through the door, but instead of doing that, they just stay in the room. And then they hear Sheila outside. They move the dresser completely could open the door, let her in, close the door, move the dresser. But instead, they're like, I hear him. And they're like, fuck Sheila. She's going to die. <laughs> like, so much of it is like weird dream logic and stuff and what like feels off that I feel like all of that could be a dream. And then, of course, the movie implies that is a possibility because she then wakes up next to Matt. But then he turns into the driller killer and she wakes up again. But then she's in a very false sort of dollhousey area where the drill is so much bigger than the room that I'm not sure she's actually woken up. Yeah. It's like when you wake up in a dream and you're still in the dream. Like, she's doing that again and again. Yeah, it, that's one question that I had is like, where in this movie does the, the dreaming actually yeah. begin? Right, because she starts out in bed. Like the movie starts out with her in bed, ends up with her in bed twice. Well, and even like the first dialogue in the movie is the mom being like, well, you know, your dreams are just a way of your mind's way of like dealing with things that you've been through yeah. and experienced. That's why your sister is in the mental hospital, whatever. Like the movie starts off saying like, yeah, dreams are just how your brain deals with trauma. Yeah. So it's like, at what point does the dreaming in this movie begin even? Yeah, exactly. Like uh, this, the entirety could be a dream. W maybe none of this happened. This is just like these might not even be friends. They might not be in a band. It's just like in your dreams when <laughs> you're like, and I was in a band with Cindy from my old work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like we were endorsed by Yamaha. <laughs> yes, I don't know how. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were going to a suburb that wasn't finished for some reason. Like, all of it could be a dream. Every single, like, minute of it could be a dream. That is, as you said, just her brain processing what happened to her and her sexual repression and all these things, like, just all coming to the surface in a dream. Yeah. Yeah, the movie is, like, not going out of its way to be scary. I don't feel like this no. is ever trying to be a scary movie. It no, is trying to be a silly, fun even, 80s movie for sure. Even the one jump scare... They play it in a way that couldn't possibly scare you. When she throws her bag on the the bed and that inflatable doll pops up, the inflatable doll pops up, take a second, then she screams, but the shot is showing us her and the doll. So, like, it's it's shot in a way that the jump scare doesn't work, and I feel like it wasn't supposed to. Like, it wasn't yeah. supposed to be a jump scare. It was supposed to be, like, almost a spoof of a jump scare. And even during some of those scenes that could have been really, really intense, like whenever uh, the killer is chasing him through the uh, the house that's under construction and stuff there at the end of the movie, yeah. 
That could have been like really suspenseful, except no. that it has this like dumbass soundtrack going no, on. No, it's the best. I love it. It's, it's so awesome. Good. I mean, it's, it's such, great. It's such a perfect like, like because it fully undercuts all the tension. Fully undercuts it. It is absolutely like, oh, this is kind of a joke, but it's like what's happening is like fucked up. So, like, dude, it, I'm telling you, like, when you think about it, we talked about this before, man. But it's like it took probably three and a half four movies for people to like start rooting for freddy yeah like this is driller killer's first movie and you're, you're kind of already yeah. on his side the moment he turns those lights off and the red and green lights come on and he starts singing let's buzz oh dude so fucking I'm awesome like, all right yeah how about we buzz guy. Yeah. how about it? <laughs> it's so ridiculous again full length song just length. out of the movie 100 percent long Cut like a, a rug video, mu- music video just happened <laughs> There's a lot of parts in this that do feel like a music video. Like those scenes yep. where, you know, like, um, I guess it's those visions of Valerie, like running down the hallways uh-huh. and screaming for Courtney yeah. and all this. It just looks like an 80s music video. Yeah. And that's the, I, th- I mean, like, um, I wonder, do you remember when uh, Dream Warriors came out? Ooh. That's a good question. Because Dream Warriors was like the MTV nightmare. And it's like M- MTV had a big influence on horror movies for a quick bit. Surely it was like 87 or 88. Yeah, it was I around there. Beat on that one. Yeah, it was around there for sure. But like, yeah, that, that influence of, of MTV on on horror movies in that, in that period was interesting. Like, it's not scary. 87 87 okay so same year as this yeah so like it's not it's not a scary thing it's it's really meant to attract a teenage audience more than to actually scare them it's like Mm -hmm. you know that thing you think is cool well here's some of it it it, this looks like that (laughs) yeah they're definitely going for a freddy vibe here like this this Uh has a lot of shades of like uh freddy with the quippiness and the the dream powers and then just like in Elm Street 2, where it's like, suddenly he's in the real world. I don't know. Yep. This movie does the same fucking thing. <laughs> Honestly, this movie and Freddy's Revenge have a lot of connective tissue, now that I think they about do. it, as far as like dealing with a uh, repressed sexuality, yep. teenager, uh, you know, dream killer kind of thing. So you can see... That's both of these movies. You can see why this is, I mean, being looked at from a queer lens, like, it, yeah. just like uh, Freddy's Revenge, like, it, it is definitely, like... There's some queerness to it. They're bringing in some questioning of traditional sexuality and things, and it's interesting. I mean, it's, again, I, I don't think this movie was ever intended to be overly complicated. I just think that's yeah. the product that we got, is uh, a product that has a lot more to it than you might see on the first watch, because it is such a silly movie. It is, man. And it's silly, and it's fucking short. Oh, yeah. That is what we need more of. We talked about it on Sweetheart. Please. Talk about it right now. The Slumber Party Massacre movies, not one of them is 90 minutes. Not a single one of them. They don't even reach an hour 30. And cool. I love watching them. So, like, give us more 70-minute horror movies. Sure. Dude, especially with, you know, stuff as simple as this. Like, it doesn't need to be a damn two-and-a-half-hour, A24 yeah. fucking link just get Keep to it, it. Short. get to the scenes get to the bits that are going to be fun the songs the the dancing etc all the fun stuff yeah yeah it's just fun man yeah. like this is a this is a movie that 
I completely understand if somebody watches and they're like, yeah, it didn't really make any sense and it was stupid. Yeah, I don't know. I also don't think it was trying to make sense or be smart. No. Like, I think it is exactly what it was supposed to <laughs> exactly. be. Exactly. And, and when you succeed in that realm, when you, you can make a movie that's not trying to be smart, that is doing something a little bit unique and fun and interesting, but isn't like going well outside of its own comfort zone, it, it sticks yeah. right where it should. The, it the, does. The Driller Killer is your main fucking attraction here. Atanas Elich is your main attraction. Make his his scenes long. Give him the whole fucking song. Let him be on screen as much as you can. Choose that scenery. Yep. Please. <laughs> so uh, I like it. Rank it's a fun time. movie. What are we giving Dude, it? Dude, honestly, for me, just in terms of just sheer like fun that I have yeah, watching this... It's like a seven for me, honestly. It's just fun, yeah, man. Like fair. this is not at at all like a life changing fucking no. movie or anything. But I love whatever flicks like know exactly what they're trying to do and they nail uh-huh. it. This yep. is one of those seven. Me too. I think that's fair. That's what I would give it as well. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Is that this for me? Like uh, personally, when I I think of of movies, I could just throw on any time and watch. It's like. You know, the Friday the 13th movies, the the Sleepaway Camp or something. And Slumber Party Massacre 1 and 2, for sure, for me. I can yeah. throw these on at any time and just watch them and enjoy them. Uh, so, totally. yeah, 7 is, it, is a very fair uh, assessment, I think. Yep. Fucking fun movie. I look forward to hearing everybody else's thoughts about it over on our social media, our Facebook yep. group, our Instagram, all that shit. You guys all can find it. that on our Linktree page. Uh-huh. Linktree forward slash dead and lovely. Yeah. You're going to find it. You're mm-hmm. going to track it down. And, of course, if you guys like the show and want to help support what we do, uh, check out that Patreon page mm-hmm. where you can join up at any level, get some bonus goodies, extra episodes, and so forth. And if you sign up at $5 or more a month, what do you get, Steve? You get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl, and then we randomly smoking. draw from the smoking bowl, and then we Ooh. cover the movie that we got out of the smoking bowl. Smoking bowl. We just did uh, Sea Fever, which was uh, like a really cool movie to find out about. I didn't know about it. I mean, we've done nope. so many great Patreon movies, and uh, I'm sure everybody listening right now has one that we don't even know anything about. I'd love to find out about them. Head on over there. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. That's right. Join the fun. Sign up today. Uh, Also be sure to rate and review on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Just takes a second. It really does help us out a whole ton. And also be sure to tune in for next week's episode. Steve, what are we doing? We're going to talk about American Mary. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. I already rented European Mary. Well, we're not talking about her. I don't care how cool she might be, that European Mary. Maybe she... She's sophisticated. She goes to Ibiza for fun. Who knows? Uh-huh, we're talking she about does. American Mary. She goes All to right. Forever 21 and uh, has a Wetzel pretzel. Dude, she brings her gun to the mall. She does. And has fun. That's <laughs> fun, yeah. Exactly. What do you need to know? You know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, American Mary. I haven't seen this one. I know that you have, I have. and that uh-huh. I want to say you enjoy it. Yeah. I, I think is it, I, I I like it. Uh, trigger warning for anybody who hasn't seen it. There is uh, sexual assault in it. No um, good. No good. That is no good. But uh, I think it, it is a good revenge movie. It is enjoyable. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be the judge of that. We'll find out about it on next week's 
episode of Dead and Lovely. Hope everybody out there is doing great. Be sure to tune in next time. You guys have been fantastic. I've been Uncle Ben. Been Hollywood Steve. We've been Dead and Lovely. Let's buzz. Let's buzz. So good. Okay, so you know how like my brain does that thing where when I'm dreaming, it just spits out stuff that's absolutely fucking stupid. Yeah. And I think at this point, like my brain is just trying to come up with stuff to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure is what's happening. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. So you remember, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I had that like bajillion dollar idea um, for a Whole Foods competitor called Partial Foods. Yep, I do. I do remember that. My brain that. came up with another one, and it's just a concept. It was a very short dream, so I'm not even really sure exactly what this means, uh, but I had a dream the other day <laughs> about something called Groupons. Now, you know, of course, of Groupon. It's like the I group do. coupon uh, like app website thing that you can yeah. get mad deals with. Mm-hmm. In sure, my yeah. dream, though, uh, Groupons were tampons that you use with your friends. <laughs> Sh- shareable Groupons. tampons yeah shareable tampons yeah Groupons. i mean you know there there is definitely a segment of the market right right definitely just women who are like i wish i could share these with my friends it's so good i gotta share it. right <laughs> thank god for groupons <laughs> might be the grossest idea you've ever had Again, I didn't really get any details about how this would work exactly. It was just a name and a premise only, and that was enough. So I knew I had to share. How about this? Hear my pitch. This is what you do. Instead of a shareable tampon, it is a social media app where you share pictures of your tampons. I don't know if that's better. (laughs) Because at least with like my original concept, you were keeping it within your friends group. With your idea, you're just sharing it with the world. I don't know if that's better. I mean, okay, so to get in to Groupons, you need a, a proof of tampon. <laughs> that's your I, ticket in the I door. Need, okay, I need All right. a recently used tampon and a picture of today's paper. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know where this can go. I don't know if there's anything to do with this, but (laughs) I don't know. Trademark Dad and Lovely either way. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see where, we'll see where it goes. (laughs) Maybe what it is, is it's just like a huge, it's like a tampon that's like a log, you know, it's it's like enormous. Oh, so you just uh, all sit on it together and chat. Yeah. You just all kind of, just kind of sit on it, I guess. You hang out as a group. (laughs) Uh, I believe, I mean, just. I I I I am not an expert on this, but I'm pretty positive that the the point of the tampon is to be up inside and to stop the blood <laughs> from getting out. I mean, but that's okay. yet to be confirmed, okay. Steve. Yet to okay. be confirmed. This could still work. <laughs> great. I mean, it's great. It's great. One hundred percent. I'm all in. All right. So investors, <laughs> hit me up. Look for uh, investors for Groupons, tampons <laughs> that you share. With your your group, with your group, because you're all your your cycles are all aligned anyway. So yeah, you that's share. yeah, right. Yeah, we we really understand women here at Dead Obviously. and Lovely. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>